It's like, oh my God, maybe the leper she had before me was better. I look at it this way. Who gives a shit? He ain't here anymore. Okay. I want to make the best <laughs> of what we can get for you and I. You know what I mean? Like that's so true. It's like, wait, but I'm the one fucking you right now. So yeah, exactly. I think, oh, maybe the guy before me had a giant dick. Okay, but he's not here. You know what I mean? The only <laughs> dick in the room right now is me. She's gonna have to deal with this. Okay. You know, it's like relax. <laughs> Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today's episode is fun, informative, educational, hilarious. You'll hear stories. We will answer penis-related concerns that you've submitted to me via Instagram. There is so much value packed in this episode, which is why it's, it's over two hours long, my longest episode, I'm pretty sure ever. (laughs) We actually recorded for three hours. I had to edit it, but it is a amazing conversation. And I have that conversation with Jeff Abraham. He's the CEO of Absorption Pharmaceuticals, which is the creator of Permescent, a line of premium sexual wellness products for individuals and couples looking to improve confidence, performance, and pleasure in every aspect of their lives. So uh, buckle up. This is going to be a really fun one and can't wait to hear your feedback. Enjoy. This is the craziest story you'll ever hear. So I owned a semiconductor engineering business. I started from scratch. I was CEO, very successful. How I old was are in you? Right place, right time. I started it when I was 33, when the year my son was born. I didn't want to travel anymore. And I retired at 53, 20 years later. And uh, my next door neighbor also happened to be a urologist, my friend, and he developed Promescent. And I went to see him for my yearly physical in uh 2011. And he says to me, uh, you know, I really respect your business acumen. I know your story grew up with nothing, you know, had this wild success story with this company. And I started this company on the side. It's not doing as well as I do. I need your opinion. I don't know. What is it? He goes, I developed a treatment for PE. I go, you developed a treatment for physical education? Because I was 55 (laughs) at the time, right? PE was phys ed, right? He's like, no, dumbass. He goes, premature ejaculation. I go, oh, like erectile dysfunction is ED. Yeah. He goes, yeah, same thing. You know, I go, oh, great. I go, does it work? He's like, yeah, it does. I said, you have a sample? He goes, yeah. So he gives me a sample of the product. I was dating a financial analyst for Shearson Lehman at the time. I call her from the parking lot. I'm just getting ready. They go, hey, you want to come over this evening? I'm thinking of making an investment. I want you to help me evaluate the investment. She's like, oh, I'd love to. So she comes over. I my have a housekeeper it. who was also my cook. She cooked us dinner and everything. She leaves from this organic dinner. After she goes, oh, let's take a look at that investment. So she thinks I'm going to come down with a pro forma, some spreadsheet, all, you know, because <laughs> she's a financial analyst all about, you know. So I go yeah, upstairs. Yeah. I go upstairs. I come down with this bottle of Promes and I go, here. She looks at it. She's like, you're such a pervert. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> and she goes, I thought it was an investment. I go, no. Well, actually, I am a pervert. I'll cop to that. I admit it. And it's but an investment. <laughs> I go, but this is an investment. I go, look, it's Ron's company. She goes, oh, my God, it is because he was my neighbor and I've been dating her. She knew him. She goes, really? I go, yeah. So the next morning, Ron calls me. I know you. You tried it already, didn't you? I go, absolutely. I go, I had Carolyn come over last night. He goes, what do you think? I said, first of all, I don't think the name Promescent is right. You need to change the name. Mm-hmm. And he goes into this impassioned defense. Promescent means prolonged tumescence. Tumescence is the medical name for an erection, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he goes, wait, why would you want to change the name? I go, I like bone like a porn star better. That's a, you know, he's like, what? <laughs> he starts laughing, right? I said, dude, this shit is insane. I said, oh, I felt like I was in a, you know, a UFC match because after like 30 minutes, she's tapping out. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, wait, I put all this work and I'm finishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, how much did you use? I said, well, it said three to seven sprays. So I use five. He goes, that's if you have severe PE. I go, well, you didn't tell me that. I just read that. He goes, no, start with one. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so then I've had I, guys I, tell me that too. They're like, I used too much. I couldn't feel anything. And she was tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you use the right amount, one, and it's a meter dose spray bottle, so you get the same amount every time, which is great, because then once you dial in what you need, you get the same amount. It's not like you just squeeze it. Yeah, like, yeah. Then you know exactly. Yeah, yeah what so works you know exactly you. what you need. So I dialed in. I go, one spray is perfect. I literally can go as long as I want to. Then I have to concentrate to finish, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I invested in the company. I put 100 grand in, and I was bored. I just retired. I retired at age 53. But I didn't realize all my friends were still working. Hey, you want to go here for a weekend? You know, they go, I'm working, you idiot. I go, oh, that's right. Hey, you want to go golfing today? They go, I have a job. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went, you know, this is kind of boring because everyone I know is still working when you retire at 53. So he asked me to write him a business plan. I did. And it really helped the company. It was just common sense. And then after it really worked, he goes, can you write a second phase? I said, yeah. So I did. And the company really started to take off. And uh, then they asked me to become the CEO, and I did. Then in 2013, on January 27th, Ron was murdered in a case of mistaken identity. My partner, the guy who developed the product. And it's just tragic. It was a guy that uh, had a prostate surgery uh, 27 years prior, decided he was going to kill the doctor that did the surgery. (gasps) Got the name wrong. It was the wrong guy. Oh, my God. And he murdered Ron. Just tragic. Just insane. And uh, so, unfortunately, you know, we lost him, but his wife and his two sons still own 17% of the company. So I've made it my mission to really make this successful, to reward his family, our shareholders, our employees, and the company's growing phenomenally. Wow. So things are going really, really well. Wow. What a crazy story. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Now, how did you get into this biz? I never know how to start (laughs) this question, but I, I read the book men are for Mars women are for Venus by John Gray. Have you heard of that? Yes. Oh yeah. Everyone's at least heard of it, right? It's like, it was the most popular book in the nineties besides the Bible. So I read that book and at the end of it, it was like, Hey, do you want to become a relationship coach or counselor or whatever. And at the time I graduated college with a bachelor's in psychology. I was super into psychology. I was fitness training. I had my NASA cert. What'd you say? Where'd you go to school? I went to school at Montclair state university in New Jersey. It's New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I was at this point where I was like, 
doing fitness coaching, but I was so like stuck on intrigued by the mind and psychology, the mind. And I was like, maybe I can like create my own fitness business and like incorporate more of the mindset aspect of fitness. And I tried to do that. And I took on my own personal clients and I was like, nah, this isn't it. And then I read that book and I saw there was a relationship training program. So I took it, I got certified and I started taking on clients to help them with their communication issues. And help men understand like a woman's point of view, because all these guys were like, I don't get why she says this. I don't get why she does this. And I was like, holy shit, like men are such a good niche to work with because I see all this dating advice and it's, there's so many women helping all these women. There's so many men helping all these women. I'm like, there's not a ton of people like just focusing on guys, you know? And men need it more than women. Yeah. I mean, with all the women complaining too, I'm like, okay, why don't we go to the source then and actually help them? If like, if they're the source of the problem, why are we not focused on like helping them directly? How often I'm embarrassed to be a guy. I'm not kidding you. I'm not, I swear to God, there are so many guys that I've tried to work with through our site because, you know, we offer vibrators now too. And our vibrator sales are robust and we're doing really well. Oh man, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, the majority of them were women buying them. And a lot of guys were of the opinion, well, if my partner desires or wants a vibrator, that's a knock on my lovemaking ability. And I've tried to do these little blogs and I'm like, listen, you need to be creative. The objective is for your woman to have as many and as strong as climax as possible. A vibrator is in addition to you, not in place of you. Okay. Get your ego out of the fucking way and check it at the door. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's all ego. That is all all ego. ego. It's all ego. Your goal is to pleasure your partner. As long as you're involved in there somewhere. Okay. And you give your partner many and intense orgasm. She's going to go. I like what this guy does for me. I'm going to make sure he doesn't go anywhere. Okay. So you are literally paying it forward by giving your woman pleasure. Because she's going to realize you are the source of that pleasure. And she is going to go, I don't want him going anywhere other than here. So I am going to make sure that he feels as much pleasure as he gives me. Mm -hmm. So drop your ego at the door and just worry about your partner's pleasure and not your ego. This isn't about you. It is about her. So I constantly tell men, focus on your partner's pleasure. Yours will come. If she has hers, if you make it about you and you put your ego in the way, you're probably going to end up departing this relationship and going in separate directions because she's not going to be happy. And if she's not happy, you're not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so many times guys complain, oh, my wife doesn't really desire sex. And I tell people because I'm straight up. Maybe she doesn't desire it from you. Okay. Why she don't desires take, it? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you take a step back and realize maybe you've gotten into a rut or a groove and it's not that invigorating or exciting or stimulating, you know, because I think like Jeff, so many guys get stuck in the habit of doing the same exact thing. And then they think that their woman likes the same thing every single time yeah. and they get bored with it. And through research, women get bored by sex a lot more and like a lot more than guys do. Like they need a lot more novelty and variety in the sexual relationship. And guys are kind of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let me just keep doing the same thing and assume she's always loving it. And women don't speak up. And you know, it's both of our faults. Women don't speak up because of guys' fragile egos. Oh my God, I can't tell him that I don't like that. It'll hurt his feelings, okay? No. And a lot of guys have like mean reactions when you hurt them. Oh no, exactly. 
unintentionally. So, no. I've gone the opposite. And, you know, I tell people when I'm in a relationship, listen, I'm no mind reader. You can allow me to literally experiment and fumble around here for 90 days to figure out exactly what you like, or you can communicate it right mm -hmm. off the bat and let me know. And a lot of times I'll tell a woman very early on in a relationship, I want you to masturbate for me. What? In front of you? I go, absolutely. And they'll go, oh my God. I go, listen, <laughs> there's no better way for me to figure out how you like to be pleasured mm -hmm. than watch you pleasure yourself. Because I'm going to take for granted that you're not doing things you don't like or don't feel good when you're doing it to yourself. I am going to take yeah. for granted that you were doing exactly what you like at the speed you like it and the way you like it, okay? So you can feel self-conscious. If you need another week or two to get a little more comfortable, let me know. You know, I can take a rain check. Yeah, for a week, yeah it's not you know about I mean? pressuring her on the moment, but it's yeah, like, no. But I would great... eventually love to watch it. It's not going to be a spectator sport the whole time. At a certain point, I'll join in. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. I just, I want to have an idea of how you like to be touched. In a prime example, when I first moved here, I was dating a gal who was an executive casino host. And she had a bit of a hooded clitoris and she had trouble climaxing. And literally it would take 40 minutes of penetration or thrusting for her to climax. It's a good thing I owned this company. I might have to take a second job to <laughs> afford my promescent, you know? <laughs> and it was literally like, I need direct pressure, you know, even while we're having intercourse, feel free to massage the clit. You know what I mean? And I really, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. it was like, go with sandpaper to jackhammer, you know? Uh. <laughs> and then after we broke up, I was dating a gal who was a nurse practitioner, I swear to God. And she would hiccup an orgasm. I'm not kidding you. And it was every time, very, every single time. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I'm exaggerating with the hiccup, but she like in an average lovemaking session should orgasm five times, six times, seven times. Wow. Mini ones, major ones. Yeah. But the mini hiccup, like, uh, yeah, like, and yeah. then that's, but it was but that's definite, it, right. Like yeah. those hiccup orgasms are literally that quick and little. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. But then it would always lead to a major, massive, like volcanic one as well, you know, mm. but she had a very sensitive clitoris, you know, you had to massage in the area, but no direct pressure. And I remember thinking to myself, how could this be the same gender? Okay. Two people, you know, with guys, there's not that much difference. Okay. To be quite frank with you, most guys, I've never met one guy in my entire life ever that went, Oh, I'm not into someone giving me oral sex. Okay. There's not a guy that I'm aware of on the planet goes, I don't like being blown. Okay. Every dude is like, it's my favorite thing in the world or it's my second favorite thing in the world. Okay. It's in the top two. Definitely. I've heard like two guys who say they're not a huge fan of it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's why that means she wasn't great at it. Yeah. <laughs> she was oh, I'm not a great fan it. of it because my girlfriend had braces and ripped the skin off my penis. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure it's, you're not a fan of Makes oral sense. sex in general, maybe something specific there, or maybe she had fangs and, you know, bit you or you know what I mean? Like she was a vampire. But, yes. Yeah. Guys are a little easier. The plumbing is outdoors. You know what I mean? It's yeah. 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 I've just noticed that women have real peculiarities and there are some women, and this is why it's important for guys to have good communication skills. There are some women that will say to you, if you attempt to go down, Oh, I'm just not comfortable. And mm -hmm. I'm just open. Then I don't say it in the moment because we can but later I'll go, is it because it doesn't feel good? Or do you have apprehension? Maybe it doesn't taste good. Maybe the smell. And they'll go, oh my God, no one ever asked me that. I go, and they yeah. go, actually, I do have. And they go, thank you for asking. 
I go, you can take for granted if for some reason there was a foul odor or it didn't taste well, you'd see me going north again really quickly. You know what I mean? Like, and then yeah, we would, yeah. would go to a, a gynecologist and work it on it. You know what I mean? But I go, and they go, I'm just accustomed to being so sensitive and, you know, I don't ever want to say anything, hurt anyone's feelings. I go, if we are close enough to be intimate, we should be able to talk mm. to one another. We should mm -hmm. be able to explore. We should be able to tell people what we like, what we don't like. We should be able to talk more about sex than we actually have it. Absolutely. And people don't. And people don't. They're all, it's like, oh my God, maybe the lover she had before me was better. I look at it this way. Who gives a shit? He ain't here anymore. Okay. I want to make the best <laughs> of winging it for you and I. You know what I mean? Like That's so true. It's like, wait, but I'm the one fucking you right now. So yeah, exactly. I think, oh, maybe the guy before me had a giant dick. Okay. But he's not here. You know what I mean? The only <laughs> dick in the room right now is me. She's going to have to deal with this. Okay. You know, it's like, relax. Okay. That's true. And a woman might be going, oh my God, maybe I have an odor. Well, there's only one way to find out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Don't discourage him from going down. Guys how would you how would you react to an odor? Because I have had a few guys say, I don't want to go down on her because the odor, but I'm not sure how to react to it. I'm curious what you've done in the past. If you came to that. Uh, it's only happened to me twice. And both times I quickly rearranged and went out of the area. And then later on, like before the next time we're I'd say, listen, you know, all women's body chemistries are different, you know, and the taste. And I said it, there is a bit of an odor. Maybe have you ever been told that? Have you ever addressed it? There's ways, you, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. one person took it totally like, oh my God, I was unaware of that. Let me go see. And, you know, she went to a uh, gynecologist and okay. I don't know what they did, but it took care of it. The other one like freaked wow. out. Wow. But if someone's that uptight, I don't want to be in a relationship with them anyhow. You know, exactly. it was a fact. And I would want someone to tell me. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be left in the dark and have someone go, oh, my God, your semen tastes like, you know, apple cider vinegar. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> let me find out why, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many guys like afraid to address things like that. Like even this, the comment you mentioned before of a woman being like, oh, I'm not so comfortable that down there. Like I have married guys reaching out to me all the time, telling me she's just not comfortable when I go down on her. And I'll, I'll ask, like, do you know why? And they're like, no, I'm not sure. Like, well, fucking ask you, dumbass. Yeah. She why doesn't want me to go down there. <laughs> I mean, if you lived in a house and someone goes, don't open that door, wouldn't you go, why? What's in there? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's that whole sex thing. If it has to do with the sex, whole taboo, yeah, the whole, it's taboo. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's taboo. Yeah. But once you break down, nothing's awkward. Once you get past that point, to me, it's life. I don't care. I'm asking the question. If you're uncomfortable with it, that's your issue, not mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what makes it awkward. The discomfort of never yeah. having had these conversations. Like, yeah, once you do, be though, uncomfortable, you're like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable if we don't have the conversation. If we aren't to that level, mm -hmm. because Maybe. to me, oral sex, especially if you're in a 69 position, is probably the most intimate you can be with another person. Yeah, I agree. I mean, think about that. Even when you're having intercourse, it's not as personal as having your face buried in someone's genitals. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is the height of intimacy. OK, it really and truly is. Yeah. And being vulnerable enough to have your own you know, genitals in their face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just the way that I live my life now. But it's, you know, I wasn't like that at 20 or 25 or 30. It it evolves. You know, you get more comfortable with who you what are. What allowed that to evolve for you? Like, when did you 
realize, wow, communication, you know, within my degree, around is in, so important. my degree is in communication. I've always been a great communicator in every mm. aspect. That was probably the last area I had to overcome because I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, little coal mining community. And it was backward ass and racist and homophobic. And mm. so sex was like, I'm Tarzan, you Jane lay down. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> and then I moved to California when I was 24, 25 and got into a little bit more of an alternative lifestyle. You know what I mean? Where you could be more expressive or open or yeah. open. And then I just had a couple of relationships that I knew my partner was kind of walled off and they disintegrated. And I went, you know, I never really got to know that person. And I never got to unlock the potential that might've existed between she and I, because I felt like they were just hesitant to really review, re reveal who they truly were. And I was actually, you're just in all aspects, like mainly sexually, but in other aspects as well, they were afraid to be vulnerable. And I got to a point where I thought I need to be, I need to take the lead because women have been taught. Don't be, because it's as a woman, even in this country in 2022, it's not easy. You have to be sexual for your partner, but not too sexual. Where'd you learn that? You know what I mean? Oh my God. You know, uh, you know, Guys want their woman to be sexual, but not too sexual. You know, like mm -hmm. guys still want to have this feeling like I'm the more experienced of the two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, until they meet I, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> That's like, exactly. I love and they're like, woman, Fuck, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. If a woman turns my ass out and I'm like, I'm like, great. I don't know where she learned that, but I'm glad she did because I'm the beneficiary of it. You know, <laughs> who gives a shit where you learned it? You know? Uh, yeah. But it's, it, it happened in my mid thirties. And I went, I feel sorry for a lot of women because they've been brought up, especially at my age, six, I'm 65 now, but back then when I was 37, that was 30 years ago. Things have evolved. You were, you were just coming into the planet. So mm -hmm. things have really evolved from there. So a lot of women were still in that, you're not allowed to be sexual thing. And I thought it's incumbent upon me because I don't have the same shackles on myself as they do. I weren't brought up with these primitive puritanical views. So it's incumbent upon me to let them know that it's okay to be sexual. It's, in, it's mm -hmm. incumbent upon me to let them know that not only am I comfortable, I want them to express their desires, their fantasies, their fetishes. I'll help you achieve them. You know, like I own a, a Sibian machine and everyone's like, wait, wait, what is that? You know what a Sibian machine is? I might, but I'm not entirely sure. They became popular on the Howard Stern show. It's like a $3,000 vibrator. It's like a saddle that a woman- Oh, yes, yes, on. yes. Okay, that's what I thought it was, control. but I didn't want to say that. <laughs> my son was like traumatized. He was in college. He's like, my dad, my 52-year-old dad owns a Sibian machine because he was home when they delivered it. Oh, like, my God. Oh, my God. He's like, I, I'll never be the same, you know? And every once in a while, one of his friends will send him one of the podcasts. And he's like, dad, he goes, I need therapy. I have to sit here and talk, listen to my 62 year old dad or 63 year old dad wax poetics on his sex life. He's like, oh, I want to barf. And he laughs because he gets a kick out of it. You yeah. Know? Oh, I bet he does. I said, well, I don't send this shit to you. I wouldn't want to hear about my dad. You know what I mean? But I yeah, go, yeah. Goes, don't listen or watch. Do. <laughs> yeah. He goes, my friends do because my I'm like literally a cartoon character to his friends. They're like, I wish that was my dad. He's cool. You know what I mean? The guy gets high, he parties, you know, he's totally open, you know? Yeah. And 
because a lot of their dads have been married 30 years. They're boring. They're angry. Their life is over, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. And probably bitter about sex. Exactly. (laughs) A lot of guys. Oh, every guy that's been married for 30 years. My wife doesn't want to have sex. Oh my God. Mm. You know, and it's like, what's your opinion? I want to know your opinion on that. Like for guys who haven't had sex, their wife doesn't want sex for the last, I don't know, 20 to 30 years with them. What do you immediately blame that on? Like, what do you think is the reason for the majority of the time? I think that familiarity breeds contempt. Mm. I think they say it for a reason. It does. Think about this. What's your favorite food? If someone said to you, you have to have a last meal, you're going to be executed. tonight. What would you request? Joe's pizza. Okay. What if you ate Joe's pizza every day for 20 years and someone said to you, in 20 years from now, what do you want you to go? Any fucking thing but Joe's pizza. I'm sick of fucking Joe's pizza. I've eaten it every day for 20 years. I already know the taste, the smell, the texture. It nauseates me, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Familiarity breeds contempt. So just like you said before, you got to change it up. You really and truly need to change it up. No why, matter- do you think men, why do you think the most men are okay with that? But most women are turning them down. Well, because most men are so self-absorbed. They think they're the best lover in the world. They think that the way they've been doing it is always the best and they don't change it up. They get into a routine. So consequently, their partner is like, oh, I got to play to his ego again. Oh my God, I got to fake an orgasm again. Let me tell you something. Women have a harder time orgasming than men. It's a fact. Oh yeah, 100%. There are very few guys that can't orgasm. There's a lot of guys that orgasm too quickly. But even if a guy has premature ejaculation, he still orgasms. Hello, he still gets there. Mm-hmm. His partner's like, excuse me, I'm over here, sailor. You know what I mean? Like, what about me? And so many guys, when you're in a new relationship and everything's new and you're in love and it's fresh, oh my God, I'm focusing on my partner's pleasure. I got to make sure my partner, after 20 years, you're like, if you didn't get it, that's your problem. Just go ahead and, you know, flick the bean and I'm going to sleep. You know what I mean? And the woman's like, well, I'll just do that. I didn't have to have you fucking grinding on me for 20 years. You sweaty, smelly, hairy piece of shit. You know what I mean? So that's why you get into this syndrome where guys like, oh, I want to have sex all the time. My wife doesn't. She's still having sex. It's just not with you in the room, you know? And you may say, well, I don't want to replace by a vibrator, but trust me, trust me, somewhere in the luggage that she keeps stored in the back, there's four vibrators in there. When you're at work, she's in there, you know, grinding away, you know, that kind of a thing. So I think that familiarity breeds contempt. I think they say it for a reason because it does. You constantly have to change things up. And you have to really focus on your partner's pleasure. And men don't do that. I feel like most men think they're doing that. They think and they are. Yeah. I think that, I think there's a lot of assumptions where men are constantly looking for how she's like, they'll, they'll take something. Like if she smiles for a moment and then be like, oh, yeah, I'm the man. And then it goes back to making all about them. You know, because for a guy to be like, for guys to leave comments on some of my, and this isn't the majority of comments, but you'll have the guy that's like, oh yeah, I make her come 10 times in a row and, and she couldn't come more from me. Like that's, that's all ego. That's not about her. That's, that's all you, never about, you. about her. That's you know, I could just joke. tell that he's a horrible lover. I can just, yeah. by reading that comment, I know he sucks in bed and I know that she's masturbating thinking of another guy because he sucks in bed. Like, I just know it. You know it. You absolutely know it. You can tell by the way a person phrases something by how they describe it. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. And it's, and what I try to tell guys to do is like, 
like focus on her, but also know what your body wants and know what like really turns you on because if everything's obsessing over her and you don't even do what you know feels good to you, you may, you know, start feeling delayed ejaculation. You may have your, your own insecurities will build up because all the pressure is about her reaction. Not only that, you won't be you enjoying know. it. How often are you going to initiate yeah. sex if you don't feel like you got to incorporate your pleasure as well as theirs. But what I always tell guys, put one in the bank, especially guys that suffer from premature ejaculation. They mm. go, what do you mean put one in the bank? I heard I go, this on your other podcast. Yeah, I go, <laughs> make sure that you give your partner one orgasm if you suffer from premature ejaculation. Because yeah. then you're already getting out of your own head going, oh, my God, can I last? You go, oh, she's already had one. No, I'd like to give her two, three or maybe four. But that idea of, oh, my God, before you even start, you're like, I hope I last long is gone. Therefore, mm -hmm. part of the syndrome that leads to repeated premature ejaculation is alleviated because mm -hmm. you don't have that feeling of, oh, my God, can I last long enough to give this per person an orgasm? Give the very few women will say, no, thanks. I already had one. I don't need another one. Orgasms are like shoes. You can't have too many pairs. Okay. At a certain point, the closet, True. you will go, well, we'll go downstairs and use that closet. Okay. We, we can find more room. Yeah. And so if guys do suffer from PE, give her an orgasm, whether it's digitally, whether it's orally, what, no matter how prior mm -hmm. to starting, just so you lose that feeling of, oh my God, she's not going to have an orgasm. I feel like most guys, that's, that's a really good piece of advice. And I feel like most guys would right away be like, all right, well, I'm going to come before she comes, but not enough guys think to try oral, like always go for oral first because the majority of women only get off orally anyway, 75% of women. 75% and... of women don't even orgasm vaginally. So don't measure yeah. it. If she doesn't have a vaginal intercourse during, you know, orgasm during intercourse, it's a failure. Okay. No, mm -hmm. it's not. As a matter of fact, if you give her one orally that takes the pressure off, she's more likely to have one vaginally later on because she's, she's well already, lubricated. She's, and she's well around. lubricated and already feeling pleasure. Okay. And a lot of times women have actually told me that sometimes they feel pressure to orgasm. Yeah. Because that their partner will think that he's a failure. And here we go back, the male ego again. You know what I mean? Like, what, you didn't come? Oh, let me get back on top. And a lot of times women are like, oh, God, I know this is going to happen through this. You know what I mean? But yeah. the guy's like, and it's like, okay, now we're going from pleasure to pain, okay? And I have yeah. no chance of coming now, you know? Yeah. So Especially when there's no oral sex, because that's what creates like the most lubrication to be penetrated comfortably. And Absolutely. yeah, when guys let the ego get in the way, they forget that and they don't think about these things. They don't ask questions and they yeah. don't ask her how she's feeling or if she is fully aroused or if she needs to be wetter, if we need lube, you know, yeah. God forbid you bring up lube. Like so many guys are so intimidated by lube and that's, we can't be intimidated by lube. Lube is great and everyone benefits from it. Even those of us who do get you know, wet quickly. You know, yeah. I, I actually love the promescent lube, by the way. I really think it's a great one. The organic aloe vera. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. Absolute that's my favorite. favorite. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. So I run this company, so I'm very well aware of the physiological changes and, you know, all the different products. Our Vitaflux for women actually helps women lubricate, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. One of the things when a woman turns 
in her late 30s, early 40s, and she starts the menopause cycle, the hormone levels drop because there uh, is a layer, an epithelial layer that covers all the veins and arteries in our body. And when you're young, it's very supple. What it does allows the good things to enter and keeps the bad stuff out. That layer hardens as we age. So what it does, it keeps good stuff out as well as bad stuff. Still keeps the bad stuff out, but then it keeps hormones and vitamins and minerals from absorbing. Mm. Vitaflux softens the epithelial layer to allow for better hormone absorption. So women who become dry because of lack of hormone absorption, Vitaflux will help them regain natural lubrication again, which is great. So I know this and I'm dating a gal who was in her late forties. This was a year and a half ago. And I knew that we had to use a lot of lube because she had a lot of vaginal dryness. Now I know that she just had gone through menopause. I know from running this company and dealing with urologists all day, what the syndrome is, what's causing it. And I found myself when I first reached down, we're in bed and I touch her and she's dry going, oh my God, she's not turned on. Even though I know that she's going, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's such ingrained in us. Yeah. To think that I know better. And my first thought was, oh my God, she's not turned on. Then I literally almost laughed at myself. I'm like, hey, dumbass, you know better than that. Fucking roll over and get the lube, okay? It's not a sign of anything other than she just went through menopause. And that's- She's a human. <laughs> she's human. I'm like, wow. I felt the Even same way. I was dating this guy who had, uh, who had ED. And yeah. there were a few experiences back to back where he was struggling. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, you're not sexy to him. Like he's not turned on by you. Yeah, I exactly. Like, no, 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 I am. <laughs> I was like fighting myself in my head as I'm trying to like talk to him. It was <laughs> so funny. You're like, I'm a relationship coach. I know better to be. Yeah. I'm like, I'm way. a sexologist. Yeah. Like I get yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. But this I went through the same thing. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, what the fuck? I go, I know better. And that visceral, like, oh my God, she's not into it. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh no. Look at her body language. She's into it. Yeah. Don't allow a dry vagina. That's dry. But the funny part was, this was when we first started introducing uh, Vitaflux for women. She started taking it and it totally restored her ability to lubricate. Wow. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, did she have, what, did she feel lubricated like on a, like just on a daily basis? Like she was more lubricated or was it more like- More lubricated on a daily basis, but when it came to being turned on, then- she was much more lubricated because yeah. it, she went through that and her epithelial layer, her hormone levels improved. Even her endocrinologist said, man, your hormone panels better. And she goes, it's because I'm absorbing the stuff. And he's like, what? She goes, it's the epithelial. She goes, what are you, a doctor? She goes, no, I date a guy that owns this <laughs> company and he has this product. And she took a bottle of women's Vitaflux to the doctor. It's a female doctor. It's her OBGYN or whatever it's mm -hmm. called, the gynecologist. Yeah. And the lady called me and goes, where did you get the idea for this? I go, I wish I could say it was mine. I go, it's a doctor of uh, sexuality at Baylor University. He developed this. And he didn't, you know, he knew this was good, but he didn't know how to commercialize it. And he's on our board of advisors. So he came to me, said, hey, do you think you could sell this product? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe that we can have success with that product. Yeah. And it's a $2 million a year product right now, a year and a half into this. It took off wow. immediately. Wow. We didn't do anything that except put it on our website and explain it. Never advertise. We're just now getting ready. It's going to take off. That product is going to go insane. It works for men and women. 
Which, um, which product is your favorite? Is it the supplement? For me, it's a supplement because of my age and mm. I've never had a problem with PE. So mm. the, the PE spray is a world beat. It's the best thing on the market hands down, but it doesn't benefit me a whole lot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I already last 20 minutes. Okay. No one's looking at me and go, Hey, I need another 20 minutes of you grinding on me. Okay. It's like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. Get off. Okay. Like, so it doesn't do a whole lot for me, you know? So, but it did when yeah. I was dating the one gal that had the issue, you know what I mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. But so for me, the Vitaflux is my favorite and I love the organic aloe vera lube. But mm -hmm. if you ask me from the CEO of this company, what my favorite product did, it would be the delay spray for this reason. We get emails from people that are literally, they're in tears. You totally changed wow. my life. I had become celibate. I was tired of disappointing women. I almost didn't order. I'm like, oh, I've been through this so many times. I had my, oh my God, this is a wonder. You know what I mean? And, you know, we're recommended by 2000 urologists, 2000 urologists in North America. In the US. Yeah. My name. And we're very proud of that. You know, we work very heavily. We have clinical studies on our products. So we work very heavily in the uh, medical area. Yeah, For I'm me, proud to promote the product. I really am. I've I've heard such great stories from clients and guys. Like every I'm, I am single proud to product that. we have is as good, if not better, than everything else in that category. And mm. people ask me, how many more products do you think you'll introduce over the next three to four years? I go, somewhere between zero and 30. They're like, what? Don't <laughs> you have a goal? Like, I go, no, here's our goal. We keep our eyes and open, ears to the ground. If we think there's a category that we need to be in, then we work on developing something that is as good as, if not superior to everything else in that line. If mm. we can do that, then we'll add that product. If we can't, we won't. If I never find another product that I think is superior, then we'll never add another product. If we add one a month that meet the criteria, our goal in adding new products isn't how many we're going to add. It's how many that fit our mantra, how many that fit our vision. Because one of the things that makes this company successful is every time we introduce a new product, all we do is throw it on the site and it immediately takes off. And I remember the first product we added after we had the delay spray was lubes. And a lot of people, oh, we need to get a lube on here. Okay, great. So we put some lubes on it. They took off immediately, immediately. So I remember sending out emails, oh, what gave you the confidence to buy a lube, you know? Well, if it's on this site, we know it's top notch and you guys stand behind it 100%. Yes. So... We added lubes and we added condoms, which, you know, some people are like, hey, I want condoms. Okay, great. And then we added the Vitaflux. I go, well, this is a supplement. This might be more difficult because it's a totally new area. It's not like a lotion or a lube or a gel. We added Vitaflux. It freaking took off immediately. So I sent out an email to the first 100 people that bought Vitaflux. What gave you the confidence to buy Vitaflux? It's like the same person wrote every email with a slight variation. It's on this site. We know it's top notch. We know you'll stand behind. I'm like, great. So last year I said, we're adding vibrators. We need them. You know, we can tell guys during that seven to 10 minutes, you're waiting for the promescent to kick in. Use your vibrator on your partner. Great marketing tool. Yeah. So yeah. Some of the, yeah, some of the employees here were, I don't know that that's a medical device. You know, it's categorized differently. I said, fucking put it on the site. And they were dragging their feet. So finally, one day I sent out an email to the entire company. I said, listen, you limp dicks, okay? That fucking directive I told you to put the, the uh, vibrators on the site was 60 days ago. Do I got to do this shit myself or are we going to get this done? I go, you got 30 days or I'll do this shit myself. And I go, if I got to do it myself with everything else I have to do, 
everyone's going to feel my wrath, right? 30 days later, we introduced our vibrators. They took off immediately. What's your most popular vibrator? The cock ring. Yeah? That comes under our category of vibrators, but cock okay. ring, number one. Then we have this, uh, it's called the chorus. It's a couple's vibrator. Stimulates him and her, you know, uh, same time. Uh, How is it different than a cock ring vibrator? It's, uh, I'd have to show you. It's, uh, it's- Okay, it's a look at the website. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot more complex. Mm. Uh, we do cool. really, really well with our vibrators, really well. But part of it is because we've done these blogs about vibrators and we've tried to educate people. We've tried to break down barriers. What percentage of your listeners are male versus female? Um, well, based on my Instagram, which is where I primarily am, it's like 95% men. That's what I was going to say. Because I, I always notice when we get referrals that are they men or are they women? And 95 or higher of our percentage of people who come by our buy on our site from you or, or men. Yeah. 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 It's almost all men. Yeah. I wonder if there are any women. I'd be surprised if there are any. I'll women. have to go back and look. I haven't noticed any, but I was like, man, 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 <laughs> man. We did a lot with yeah. sex with Emily. Emily Morris is a good personal friend. Oh, she's cool. I like her. Yeah, she's totally cool. And we had probably 80, 85% of hers were women, but it's growing. Oh. The men's side of her business is growing now. The more men are listening to her now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I could, I I could see her being more of a female audience. Yeah, no, I noticed right away. I, I'm maniacal. I, I really want to know when people buy from us, first-time buyers, how do they find us? One <laughs> of the things I noticed, your customers have a lot of confidence in you. Like a lot of people that we work with, the, someone will come and they buy uh, a trial size of male delay spray. A large percentage of people who listen to you come and buy a large bottle instead of a trial size right away. That shows me that whoever that listener is has a lot of faith in whoever the host is. Oh, because I love that. If somebody comes and they're buying a large bottle right away, that shows that they have faith in that person and that per person. Is yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. So and I have, get, I have faith in the product. Yeah. Yeah. We get down in the weeds. We literally know, okay, this person, the average first time buyer coming from them generates 2397 in first time order. This person 42, you know what I mean? There's yeah. Like a, a well, that's why you're so successful. You're focusing on the actual people and the data and people yeah. ask me, you know, more about this segment than anyone. How I go, I listen to my customers. Plus yeah. everyone else, we have a different business model. We still do 40% of our business directly through our own website. Everyone else, you know what they do? They put it on Target. They put it in Walmart. They put it on Amazon. They just advertise and go, go buy it, go buy it, go buy it. They don't know who's buying their product. They don't know their satisfaction level. They don't know how much people buy, what their repeat order. They have none of that. We have all of that. Wow. I can show you people that have bought from us 37 times over the last six years, every other month, like clockwork, boom, 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 all the way down. That has a lot of value. When we introduce new products, we don't have to go, oh, we got to go drive new people's site. We send out an email. We have email of 267,000 people who have bought Promesset over wow. the last seven years. So when we introduce a new product, 
I get a bulk email ready and we send it out to 267 new in the promescent line of products, blah, 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 female arousal. By the way, our female arousal gel rocks. Oh yeah, it, I have tried it. It works. <laughs> and I tell people- and I will leave it at that. <laughs> it's not going to turn someone who's non-orgasmic wildly orgasmic but it enhances the sensation. Yeah, yeah. That warming, that emollient, you know what I mean? That Yeah. Once that, you're started, it's a really good- It's like, a really good feeling. It your orgasm. People it's don't great. realize this, but it actually works for men too. But there's enough shit out there for men. We don't need promoting it for men. Mm. But it increases blood flow. That warming sensation increases blood flow. Wow, so wait, so guys are, guys could put that on their dick and then- Oh yeah, they, they will have- literally- have a higher degree of blood flow to their penis. But there's enough shit out there for guys. Okay. I don't, and I want women to feel like this is our product, you know? Yeah. And there, do you know who two wild orchids are? They're, it's a uh, sex podcast. It sounds familiar, but I can't. They're hilarious. So they've been real proponents. So I've done their show, I think three times. So second time I did it, I go on. It's Lanny and Cindy, I think are two names. And Lanny's sitting there and it's a visual, it's a podcast, but that you can see the audio, the, the uh, videos there too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, guess what I'm wearing right now? I'm like a blue shirt and cream colored blazer. <laughs> she goes, no, I go, well, that's all I can see. Cause they were at a desk. She goes, you know what I'm wearing right now? And she's with a salty sexual voice. I go, what? She goes, promescence arousal gel. I'm like, what? <laughs> And she goes, let me tell you something. She goes, this is on the show. This is on the show. She goes, I figured out that why wait till the end of the day? She goes in the morning after showering before, you know, I leave. She goes, I hit myself a little dab. She goes, I just feel warm and sensual. She goes at lunch. I go in, hit another dab. She goes, by the time I come home, the end of the day, she goes, my man is there. And I feel like I've had eight hours of foreplay. And I'm like, wow, what a good oh idea. My God. She goes, it really turns me on. I just like feeling yeah. sensual and feeling excited. And I start laughing. And I'm like, listen, that would never work with a guy. She goes, why? I go, if a guy sat there and started getting hard on, he would go in the bathroom and jerk off right <laughs> away. Off immediately. <laughs> she started laughing. And then they told me like over the next two weeks after the podcast there, they had like 40 people send him an email, like dying laughing. They go, that oh guy's so God. fucking honest. You know what I mean? They go, that's true. If a guy's sitting there and he's going, I'm getting a hard on, he's like, I'm going to take care of this. I want that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, go, but I think, woman, I think what a lot of guys don't understand is like, for a lot of women, the majority, like the best part of sex is the foreplay. It's like the Absolutely. lead up to the, it's the lead up to the penetration. That's the best part because part. that's what- exactly yeah. the, the actual penetration is just getting rid of that. Yeah. It's like the release up. of all that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But the buildup, make sure that is as enjoyable as possible. Yeah. I always tell I guys, that. and I really feel like I need to start like a podcast or something to instruct guys and go, listen, leave your ego at the door. I tell guys, listen, if you have a heavy date that night, or even if you're living, you know, you know, you're going to be intimate that night, send a little text to your woman at four o'clock. I'm really looking forward to tonight. You know what I mean? Can't wait to see, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, then hour and a half later, I'm on my way home. Can't wait to see my sexy woman. You know what I mean? I go, you don't know how that will pay dividends for you. Mm-hmm. Because that woman wants to feel desired. 
Everybody, for that matter, wants to feel desired. Everybody wants to feel like their partner is into them. And it's don't wait until you get there. Don't wait until you're hard right in front of her and you're like, oh, sexy. You know, then yeah. it's not genuine. It's not, it's, it's that's not, not sexy. Yeah. It's really genuine. Four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm really looking forward to tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing you on my way home, thinking about you. Can't keep my hands off myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Then the yeah. woman's like, oh man, he really desires me. Yeah. And, and slowly building her up, the warming. Yeah, up. exactly. And mm-hmm. Guys, for whatever reason, they don't start thinking about it until the woman's laying there naked in bed. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, now here I come with my sexy talk, please. please. <laughs> please. Why do you think guys hold back so much from sexy talk? Like, is it just they don't know what to say? They don't think to say it? What do you, why do you think the majority of guys don't talk like that? I think it's because they feel like they don't want to be sensitive, that it's not masculine. I think a lot of guys get mm. caught up in that's what women do. Guys don't do that. Mm. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And yeah. you should too. It'd be a great idea for you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love sexy talk. I love dirty talk, but in the subtle ways, like, cause that's what's, that's the hottest. Like you just that's, fit it in. To me, if you know, you're in a situation and someone is over the top. I'm like, it's not genuine. You know what I mean? Just like you. I love it when it's, there's an aura of authenticity about it and you know, it's genuine. You know, it is literally coming from an actual desire. Mm -hmm. Not like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to say. Mm -hmm. So I get laid. I think that's why a lot of women get so turned off and why they say no to sex. It's not that they don't want sex. It's that they feel like a walking vagina and they feel like they're just used for sex. The only time you pay attention to me, the only time you're nice to me is when you have a heart on. Or the only time you talk sexy to me is when you just want to fuck. Yeah. That's exactly. You go, oh, you're feeling an erection. I better talk sexy so I can put my erection in your vagina. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I'm done, we're done. Yeah. I and I'm not going to pay attention to you or show you affection anymore until I'm horny yep. again. Until yeah. I'm horny again. I always tell guys, the best thing you can do is right when you're done having sex, make a woman feel really sexy. Make a woman feel desired. Make a woman feel like that wasn't the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was. This is the climax. beginning of the next time. This is the beginning. <laughs> uh, my next thing I'm going to tell you is think of it. This is starting the cycle over again. This is repriming the pump. Okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, that's why I, I tell guys all the time. I'm like, pay attention to the, like the afterglow phase, right? Like yeah. what do you do immediately after sex? Yeah. Do you just get up and walk away and shower? Like, yeah. what do you do after she blows you? Do you say, Oh, it took you long enough. Or do you say you looked so fucking hot when you were sucking me? Like, yeah. like, how are you interacting? Like, what are you doing after she's actually giving you what you wanted? You know, are yeah. you complimenting? Or are you ignoring? Because it makes compliment. a huge difference. Compliment, compliment, compliment. Yeah. Because then she's going to go, wow, not only did I enjoy doing that, but he really enjoyed what I did. Yeah. And then that makes me want to do it again. Exactly. Like I did a blowjob podcast episode and I was like, here's how you get more blowjobs. And it was the most listened to episode I've ever been What did I tell you earlier? I've never met a guy who goes, I don't like being blown. Okay. (laughs) There are some guys that go like it more than others, but I mean, to me, 
for most guys, it combines your two favorite things ever having sex and just laying back and doing absolutely nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah, exactly. Can you beat this? I mean, can you got a slice of pizza here? I mean, my God, I think I'd die and go to heaven, you know? Yeah. But like, the I major... can actually eat it while I'm having sex, you know? <laughs> you could. But the major, the major point I was getting across in that episode is like, compliment, like, compliment her, make her feel sexy that she's doing that. Associate her, let her associate blowjob to feeling sexy. Like let her build a connection. Like I feel sexy when I suck him off. Like I feel sexy when I suck him off. Like what can you do to make her feel sexy when she sucks you off? She's that much likely to do it. Like it's not that hard either. Like no little compliment goes a long way. And most guys just, I don't know what happens. It's like afterwards, they're just like, ah, that was great. And they like walk away, like, like give a little more, like give her something, you know, like Bask in the glow of what you just received and bask in the glow. Let her bask in the glow of how she just made you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like share that feeling with her. Don't it's probably it's probably what you just said, too. Like maybe they don't feel masculine if they're like in their feeling in that moment, like expressing it. You know what I mean? I think a lot of guys just feel like the macho thing to do is just be like, all right, nice. Yeah, babe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hot. No. (laughs) Be vulnerable literally say, wow, that was really awesome. And man, did you really look sexy? Yeah. A guy I'm seeing, I gave him head recently and he was just like, afterwards was just like, oh man. And he just like had his eyes closed and was just smiling and like looking at me and then closed his eyes and smiled again. It felt so good. Like it felt so nice for him to just be like, checking me out and then closing, closing his eyes and smiling and be like, fuck, like that was like the hottest thing. Smiling. He's literally recreating certain feelings during the actual event. Yeah. Like you can tell he was like reliving it and like reliving it. Absolutely. For a guy. And I'm sure it's the same for a woman. There's that point of inevitability when you're like, Oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And then where you just feel that you let go. Yeah. And that is the feeling, at least for me of greatest pleasure. You know what I mean? When you just sit back and go, Oh, this is happening, you know? Yeah. And that's probably what he was doing was reliving that exact moment, you know, because there are times you go, I think my brain just came through my dick right there. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> I think I just emptied my body of every organ. I think, I, I think that you're going to be laying there. Like, you know, when you pop a balloon, there's not going to be nothing left. You know what I mean? You're just like laying there. Like everything just went out of me right there. Like, yeah. That feeling. And then you gradually start coming back to reality. Like, okay, I'm still breathing. Okay. Okay. That's good. You know, everything's still yeah, yeah. functioning right now. <laughs> That's and I think that's a feeling that a lot of people don't fully embrace because because it does take vulnerability to like sit there and just bask in the feeling, you know, like it takes you closing your eyes and not caring what's going on around you and just being in it. And so many people are just afraid to be in it. So you lose that pleasure and then you lose showing that pleasure to your partner and then they don't feel as much desire to do it again. It really is all about that cycle. A lot of people, especially men, have a real issue with vulnerability. I don't know why, but a lot of men have serious issues with showing any sort of vulnerability. Do you, do you blame that on, is that like, in your opinion, is that more nature or nurture? Like how they were raised or society? I think it's nurture. I don't think anyone because of their gender is predisposed to not want to be vulnerable. I think it's a lot of media. I think, especially among (laughs) older men that you were born and raised that you have to be strong and not vulnerable and 
you know, strength is the key and you have to be steely eyed and focused. You know what I mean? That, that any sign of uh, caring or any side of his, you know, emotions is vulnerable. Real guys don't do that. Real guys don't cry. Real guys don't feel weak. Real guys don't feel pain, that kind of a thing. No, real guys have a complete set of emotions, just like any other human being. Real men aren't afraid to cry. You know, to me, if there's tears in my life and early on up until 25, 30, 35, I was in that same mold because of where I grew up. The way that I look at now, when there's tears that come out of my eyes, that just shows how much I cared for something. That shows that something meant that much to me to literally bring me to tears. It's a sign of power. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that someone or something really touched me in a way that the loss of that or they were feeling pain or whatever touched me to the point that it moved me to be that sad that I would cry and, and have emotion. So I've completely flipped that switch to showing power and to feeling power as opposed to feeling vulnerable. Mm. And I want to care for someone. I don't want to live my life to go through to go, oh, well, I really care for someone that's vulnerable. And a lot of people, and I think it's a defense mechanism, it's reactionary. They'll be like, I'm single. I want to stay single. I don't want a relationship. No, that's, you're rationalizing. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be desired. Everybody wants a partner. Mm -hmm. But it's not easy to stay in age to find a long-term viable partner. So the way that they rationalize it, I'm not looking for one. Oh yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Okay. The majority, 99% of people really don't want to be alone. I would rather be alone than be with the wrong person, but you still want to be I still want to be with the, the right, right person. person. Yeah. And it's really important to continue to strive to find that right person. And too many people, and I tell this to people, settle for the wrong person. Well, it's better than being alone. No, it's not. Because then the right person might come along, but they see you with the wrong person and go, well, he's, she's in a relationship and you're not really looking. And when you get older now, you're a lot younger. So it's different, you know, because for me, a lot of the sand is already out of the hourglass. I have to be very precious with what's remaining. But a lot of people love the friends with benefits type situation. I don't for this reason. I believe that when you have friends with benefits, I have a rich full life. I run this company. I'm very busy. I spend a lot of time with my son, even though he's 33, he's getting ready to get married or engaged and married. Uh, early next year and start a family. And so I'm buying a second home in Huntington Beach to be close to my son. I'll have a residence both places. Nice. I have a lot of friends and family. I golf, I ride my bike 30 miles a day. I take yoga. If I literally go, okay, I have a conjugal visit twice a week with somebody, you know, so I can take care of my sexual desires and needs and everything. And then I run my company you know, I ride my bike, I do this, I do that. I have time for my family, my friends, years go by. And you don't really have that desire to find that special someone that you truly connect with mm -hmm. because you're having this conjugal visit twice a week. So your sexual needs are taken care of. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean you're going to be a monk and stop having sex, but you really need to keep the focus on trying to find that person that fills that entire void. 
meaning that you have a real emotional intellectual connection as well as a physical connection. Because I know I'm the best version of me when I'm in a serious, really solid relationship that goes beyond the surface. You know what I mean? Where you really develop a connection and a layer of intimacy that both people feel comfortable being vulnerable. Because that's a lot of people, until you really develop that bond, don't really want to be vulnerable because they're afraid that what they expose of themselves might be used against them at some later date. And unfortunately, stuff like that has happened to people. And most and everyone- some people are wondered, scarred from the trauma of that. Oh yeah, no, I've talked to you. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? Someone did, I'm like, oh man. When I first moved here to Las Vegas, you know, at the time I was, uh, it was nine years ago. So I was 56, so I'm 65 now. I was working on a place called Lifetime Fitness. And there's a buddy of mine that we became friends with. We're working out together and we're just getting done working out. And we're going downstairs. They have a really nice lifetime cafe. It's called a life cafe and everything downstairs. Mm -hmm. I work, that's where I worked as a personal trainer. No way. Yeah. This was their platinum club. It was really nice. I mean, and the cafe was top notch. I mean, it's like a restaurant. Like, yeah. you know, normally yeah. like, I would eat there if you paid me. And this shit was good. So <laughs> we're going downstairs. He goes, hey see the girl in the Stairmaster? I go, there's three. Which one? He goes, the one in the middle with the blue uh, metallic thing on. I go, yeah. He goes, remind me, I want to show you something. Go downstairs. I go, okay. So we go downstairs. We order something. We're sitting there and he goes, hey. He takes his phone. He shows me it's a phone. It's a picture of her laying there naked on the bed. And I'm like, what? He goes, oh, I used to go out with her. And I'm like, dude, okay. Between you and I, I'm sure you're proud of that, but that what you just did right there is why women don't trust guys. He's like, what? I said, you used to go out with her. You guys were intimate. Okay. This isn't some Trusted stranger you. I'm never going to see. Okay. This is someone I know and I see in lifetime fitness. Okay. That is really an invasion of her privacy by showing naked I don't think she sent it to me and goes, show this to anyone else who works out at Lifetime. <laughs> I think in the context, he's like, what are yeah. you, some kind of nerd? I go, no, mm. I'll be honest with you. I go, I've known a lot of women that shared stuff like that in confidence and it was shared. And it, I know that from personal experience, they were scarred. I literally, some people were traumatized. It got around to their employees, you know, oh friends God. and that kind of stuff. I go, if you want to look at that, pleasure yourself to it, whatever. Great. Do it. But I don't need to see something like I can go watch porn. It's on every fucking channel on the internet. Okay. And he's yeah. like, he got really offended. Like, I don't need you to lecture me. I go, no, you showed it to me. I'm just telling you how I feel. Yeah. That is somebody's intimate pictures. They sent you for your eyes only. Okay. Wow. And you can take Good it for you. Thank you yeah. for being one of those guys that does that. Seriously. Yeah. It's just the right thing to do. Okay. It was like, I mean, that's someone that I saw literally three, four times a week working out. That's an invasion of her privacy. It really is. And I just felt like, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I didn't ask you, hey, you got any naked pictures of women that work out here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was like, remind me, I want to show you. I'm like, what? And then it was like, whoa. And I, I truly felt like that that was wrong. Yeah. And 
I've had people tell me before that scarred me, you know, like, you know, we were dating and we happened to take these pictures. And next thing you know, after we broke up, some of my coworkers had seen him and I was like, oh my God. And that's, we as men need to be cognizant of that. You know, we need to help women develop trust in men in general. We need women to not feel vulnerable if you feel sexy and you're sharing things to go, oh my God, where's that going to end up? Is it going to be on some revenge porn site? You know what I mean? And I have had the good fortune in my life of being involved with really good high caliber women, quality women, and I've maintained good relationships with them. And I've never been in a situation where I showed someone pictures like that, you know, because to me, if they were sent, they were sent to me for a specific reason. You know, we were in a relationship. Yeah. During uh, we, a time when there was trust and there was love and connection. Yeah. But that trust doesn't go away the minute you break up. It's like, not like, okay, I can't trust you anymore. We broke up. I mean, that's ridiculous. And let's be honest. Guys don't feel as vulnerable as women do. As a woman, you do run the risk of being overpowered by some guy. Oh my God, I saw you, you know, I desire you. There's not very many women. I'm six feet and 200 pounds and in pretty good shape. I've never really gone, oh, I hope that woman doesn't take me. You know what I mean? Like there, yeah. there is a physical aspect of it too, that women are going to be intimidated more because guys are bigger genetically and stronger. They just are by nature. They're generally 2X the size of most women, okay? So there's a feeling of physical vulnerability for a woman as well as emotional vulnerability. So that's yeah. why we as men have to be extra careful to go that extra mile. Yeah, I think especially when it comes to like sticking on this topic of trust. I went on a date with someone and he didn't fully understand the concept of no. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I found myself afterwards questioning, you know, could I have, I wasn't assertive enough. And like, I should have been more assertive and we didn't end up having sex, but, but it got to the point where I was saying, no, okay, stop, get off me. No, get off me. Stop. And when a woman is uncomfortable because of that, just that natural threat of a guy yeah. being bigger and stronger and on top of you, there's a point, certain point you go, if he says I'm doing it, I can't stop him. Exactly. So yeah. like your mind goes in this as a woman, your mind goes in this weird place where it's like, all right, well, don't make him more mad, but also try to get out of the situation situation. It's delicate so, balance. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because in, because my mind thinking of that went to like expressing myself more in this meek way than I, than in my head, like I wanted to be assertive, but it came out like, please stop, please stop. Because I was scared and I didn't yeah. want to make him mad. And I was just frightened and mad, nervous. May, yeah. But then you might go, if I'm too meek, he might say, she really didn't demand that I stop. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. You've seen that in rape trials, you know? Yeah. 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 So I was like, I was like, how the fuck do I get out of this? And I literally, um, I, I took jujitsu last year yeah. for yeah. a short amount of time. And I don't know where this came from because I don't remember practicing this, but it was a series of movements that I did to get out of his physical grasp. grasp yeah. Um, and it was just like natural. Like my body just took over to get the fuck out because he wasn't yeah. stopping. And then I, I find I got myself out of the situation, but I was questioning myself for so for weeks after that happened, like, was that my fault? Like I put myself in that situation. I didn't say no assertively. Why wasn't he understanding that it was not okay? Like why? Like so many questions came up 
And I was like, but I said, no, I feel like if I say no, he should immediately get off. Like, why did he not see that that was a problem? And he asked me out like a few times after. So I'm like, obviously he didn't think that was a problem. Like, is that more my fault or is that his fault? Like I was just his fault, but there's still a lot of guys that think unless you kick them in the balls that you're saying no, just to protect your virtue, that you want to do it, but you just have to pretend like he's going to take you rather. That's the thing. I think there's so many. Yeah, there's so many. That exists. That absolutely exists. Let me ask you this question because I've run into this. Because of the nature of what you do, everyone Google searches you before you go out. Everyone. I swear to God, yeah. they, they do. It's just the, the nature of the society we live in right now. I've been in situations before where I go out with someone, they think I'm like hypersexual. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. it's nature what I do. And I have to have this talk. I go, listen, okay. The president of the United States is known as the most powerful man in the world. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean he is literally the most powerful man in the world. He can't do the most bench presses. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just want to make sure that we're leveling expectations here, okay? I wasn't a porn star before I took over Promescent. I actually ran a semiconductor engineering business. I'm actually quite normal. Now, I do have a few tricks up my sleeve because having done this for a period of time, I have access to a lot of different products. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm fairly creative, but let's just make sure we understand that I'm a normal guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Let's and just start let's, at square one. <laughs> let's just start at square one. Let's make sure that you didn't see me on a bunch of podcasts and you didn't like see this, this, and this. And you're expecting Johnny Sins to walk through the door naked. Oh, you know what I mean? Love like, Johnny Sins. <laughs> he actually is a friend of mine, believe it or not. He lives really? here in Vegas. He's from I'm Pittsburgh, sure. where I'm from. He's a big proponent of our product. He, he's my favorite porn star. He's the best. You're not going to believe this, okay? <laughs> he is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He really? broke my mold of what I thought porn stars were. We went to True Foods one time. And you ever been to True Foods? My favorite restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. Oh, I love True Foods. So we're True Foods in downtown Summer. It was uh, Russ, myself, Ryan, and Johnny Sid. And he's a porn star. The guy's got an 11 inch crank, right? You figure he's like all out there. So we're sitting there talking about business and he's like, oh, we better be careful. You know, we're in the middle here and most people aren't in this business. You know what I mean? He's so considerate Aww. and so kind. You know what I mean? And everything else. And you're like, is he like quiet? Really- he's quiet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought like, okay, if you're a porn star with an 11 inch dick, that's the circumference of a beer can. You probably walk around with your genitals on the outside of your clothes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, look, you don't have to pay for meals. You go, Hey, how about this? You know what I mean? Like it was like, <laughs> Here's so my payment. <laughs> yeah. He's like such a class act. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, that's awesome. Totally blew my mind. Aww. Nice guy. And that's the first time I ever met a porn star. I, I just thought they were like all out there. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, no, it, you'd never know. Like if you saw him in a restaurant, whatever you go, oh, he's probably a software manager, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it have his clothes on, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, if he was naked, you know, that guy's not software. a software manager. Yeah, that, if, if he's a software manager, he missed his calling. He should be in porn, you know? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could get, I need to get a porn star on the, on the podcast. That would be fun. You want to get, want me to see, check if he'll come on? Oh my God. Can you, that would Absolutely. be awesome. Are you kidding that me? That'd be so cool. Yeah. That's my boy. <laughs> oh my no. God, Johnny Sins on here. <laughs> I love him. Absolutely love him. That would be so interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, and he's very open, you know? He's I wonder if all porn stars are open talking about it or if they just want to like, keep it like some, some keep it. Cause I've met a few others now, you know, he's mm. very, 
articulate, very well thought. You know, he's he's quality. He's really good, dude. Cool. What's your take? What's your take on porn? Because there's so many guys, you know, reaching out to me with like their their porn addictions. And like, is it bad that I'm always watching porn or like I'm trying to stop porn? Here's um, my thing. I think if you're mature and you're comfortable in your sexuality, porn is great. Mm-hmm. I believe that porn among young people is very destructive and very negative. I young know people that, meaning. Yeah. Young people, there's just experienced sex for the first time, 14, 15, 16, oh, oh, whatever yeah. age they're having it. Now mm-hmm. I know when I lost my virginity, I was 15 years old and I lost my virginity to a 20, 21 year old waitress at a country club. I worked at, I was 15 and I was a bus oh Somehow she took this fascination with me and I was like, yeah, that works. Let's do it. You know? And <laughs> sure. I think I lasted a grand total of 17 seconds, but I thought I was like <laughs> the best lover that ever lived. I think I let out a Tarzan yell. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, bitch, how was that? You know what I mean? Like, and if I had been watching porn prior to that moment and I thought the average penis was 11 inches long, the circumference of a beer can, that most men lasted 45 minutes and jumped up, ran across the room and shot the woman directly between the eyes from 20 feet away with dead accuracy. I would have been a ball of anxiety and probably had a heart attack in the middle of it. Okay. But because I had never experienced seeing anyone else having sex and watching porn, I thought I was a great lover. You know, it was like, Hey, it was pretty good. It felt good to me. I'm hope she, you know, whatever. (laughs) So I think that it's really negative that now most people watch porn before having sex. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women think the idea of an orgasm is like Elizabeth Berkeley in Showgirls. Remember that when she has the sex scene with Kyle McLaughlin, you too young to remember Showgirls? Uh, Yeah, no, I'm too young. Okay. She has this orgasm. They're having sex in a pool and she literally flops around like a dolphin out of the water, like spasming, you know, all over. So I think we're creating unrealistic expectations that if you watch porn, Real people don't look like porn stars, okay? The average man doesn't have an 11-inch penis. The average man doesn't have the circumference of a beer can. The average man doesn't thrust for 45 minutes and then run across the room and shoot a gallon of cum and hit a woman in the forehead with it. And the average woman doesn't want that. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you watch porn and you think that most women literally in the middle of, of, you know, intercourse rolls over, sticks her butt in the air and goes, I love anal sex. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, boom, yeah. It's, you know, and then in real life, it's like, oh, no, you know what I mean? It's like, wait, <laughs> wait, I watched the porno. That never happens when, when I'm watching. You porn, just stretch you know? me out for a month. Then we're. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Start getting these little uh, things, calipers that expand me. And then I'll be maybe <laughs> ready to think about it for 12 seconds. OK, yeah, but yeah. In porn, it's like, come on in. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. And so it creates unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. And I think that can be damaging. And I know that a lot of people are porn addicts because I've seen the stats on the visits to Pornhub and, you know, all these different sites. I was like, is that millions or billions? That's like billion. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, it's insane. And I think it can be addicting. And I think a lot of people, if they start masturbating, to porn and they start liking it, then the relationship is going to suffer. Mm. I think it's a healthy thing to maybe watch porn with your partner once in a while. Maybe if you're traveling or, you know, your partner is, you know, has an illness or whatever, you're not going to be intimate. 
but it can't start getting in the way of you can't replace your partner can't replace your partner and i think that's what we're running the risk of you know my wife is tired i think i'll just go in here and rub one out you know what i mean and watch whatever and then even if she's always telling me no let me just rub one out like find out why she's telling you no you know talk to her like talk to her find out why so she'll be saying yes instead of going you get into this routine because if you start rubbing one out and you don't ask her, then she's never going to say, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think it can lead to some bad habits. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you entirely because I do. I'm not anti-porn. And some people get mad when I say that I'm like pro-porn, but you have to be very aware. Like very as aware. long as there's oh. self-awareness involved, porn could be a great thing, you know, but Trust if, there's me, not- if you could, if you could go through my, uh, browsing history right now you would go if i would say i'm anti-porn a lightning bolt would come through the ceiling and strike me (laughs) dead right now okay because i tell people i'm doing some research for my work oh i wonder who's advertising on that site right now you know what i mean yeah yeah i do i do like porn but i'm in an age where it's not going to intimidate me you know what i mean and yeah it's not going to warp what my expectation of my own sexual escapades will be like Mm mm-hmm yeah, I agree. And I think that yeah. it can, I think it could promote like new ideas, but also, you know, most of it is the same. Like after a while, you just realize they're doing all the same things with the same intensity. Isn't it and the craziest like, thing? Yeah. Even porn becomes repetitive, you know? And it's yeah. like, if you really think about it, there's only a certain amount of things you can do sexually. You have to use that wide range and go through them. But just like everything, there's only a certain amount of positions that you can experiment with. I mean, read the Kuma Sutra. You know what I mean? There's not an infinite amount. There is a wide variety and you should experiment with each one to find out which ones are best for you, but you will eventually run out of positions. That's why you have to get creative in the way you communicate and where you do it, how you do it, what time you do it. The questions Don't... you ask, like the things you say during the noises yeah. you make, like, yeah. you know? One of the things I've always enjoyed are non-traditional times to have sex. Like out of the ordinary, like one moment. o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like when, cause everyone's you know, okay. We'll have morning sex. Sometimes we're ready for bed. Just like in the middle of the afternoon for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like. It's exciting. Me. Yeah. Last year uh, I was dating a gal who had a, a son, a young son. And well, not too young. He was like 10. And uh, I was in the pool swimming and he went upstairs and he was taking a nap and I was in the pool swimming and I, I just came out of the pool and the guy I was dating, his mom must've been pretty comfortable. He was pretty well asleep and she just walked over. I mean, my backyard faces a golf course. It goes right down. The strip is down there. You know what I mean? And she just pulled off her bathing suit and just jumped me right on this raft, like right on the side. And of course, I wasn't saying no, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was that heightened sensitivity where outside yeah. my neighbors might peek around the corner. You know what I mean? There were people down on the golf course, for God's sakes, he could have come walking downstairs. So I was kind of keep my eye on the stairs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. That was a really good experience. That was a memorable experience. It, it was the heightened thing was it came out of nowhere it wasn't what I was expecting you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it was not the natural place not the natural timing and there was that element of oh we could be seen very easily right here 
Yeah. Oh, that, does that turn you on or does that make you nervous? That makes me more nervous. Oh, no, it turns me on. No, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like most I mean, people turns them on, but I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends on which one of my neighbors, okay? I have two really <laughs> diverse sets of neighbors. One's totally cool and the other is like a fucking nerd, okay? Oh, and one yeah. time, well, they actually moved. All the cops my, on you. Yeah, my nerd. Well, they wouldn't call the cops. I don't think they would, but I mean. With my crazy sex neighbors going I, at it again. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually in the pool with the gal that I was dating one time and his wife saw it. And uh, I was at the health club where I work out. It's a part of this play. I live in a really nice area. They have this really exclusive health club. It's part of the thing. So I was in there and he comes up to me. He's like, oh my God. I'm like, what? He goes, you were in a pool with that 40 year old the other day. I'm like, oh yeah. I go, actually it was a jacuzzi. He goes, oh, whatever. And he goes, my wife happened to look out the window and I'm like, whoops. I go, sorry. He goes, oh, he goes, you know what she said to me? He goes, and I go, what? He goes, you know, she calls me Jeffrey. She goes, I really like Jeffrey. He's such a nice guy. He's a good father. He's a great neighbor, but he needs to grow up. And, and the guy's like, what? And she goes, that's just so juvenile. Number one, he needs to date women his own age. Okay. At the time I was 63, you know, he's 63. He's prating around with these women 20 years younger than him is ridiculous. It's just absurd. Number two, you know, he'd better have more respect for his neighbors. And he looks at me and he goes, I had to agree with her. Oh, yes, you're right. You know, and he goes, you know what I thought? And I go, what? He goes, I thought I just want to be you for one fucking night and not be me. He goes, we have sex four times a year. It's in a missionary position. Aww. You know what I mean? And he goes, our kids are grown. He goes, it's just monotonous and miserable. And he goes, you always seem happy. You don't give a mm -hmm. shit. You enjoy your life. You know what I mean? And yeah. he goes, and I am miserable. He goes, and you know the worst part? If I would have disagreed with her, if I would have said, he's enjoying his life. He would have got sex three times that year. He said, she would have held that against me. She would have had an attitude. Yeah. She would have punished me. And we would have yeah. less sex, not more sex. He goes, so I had to agree. And it violated every yeah. principle I believe in. And I started laughing. I just thought to myself, I am so glad I'm not him. I am so fucking glad I am not him. How do guys get stuck in that situation? Like that type of relationship where they just feel like, oh, she's going to hold it against me and then I won't get it. Like, is that just, is that mostly, would you say an insecurity? Like, what would you... It's an insecurity, but I believe themselves or communicate. I truly believe that if you allow it to get to that point, you have 50% of the blame. If yeah. you have not communicated and you right. allow someone to have that kind of an attitude, you're 50% of the blame. Yeah. Okay? I feel like a lot of guys think it's on. all her. Like, no, it isn't. It, it's right? that's obviously gone on for 20 years. That doesn't develop at a flick of a switch. You didn't have a great relationship for 20 years and suddenly that happened. Okay. Yeah. That happened over time. You didn't assert your rights. You became meek. You allowed her to walk all over you. Now don't complain that she's walking all over you. You precipitated. You, it. you literally allowed that to happen. Yeah. But I have a lot of my friends, my age that are in their fifties and sixties that have been married 30 years. They just laugh. They're like, Oh man. And I go, listen, no one, it, the grass is always greener. You know, mm -hmm. I would love to have a committed relationship I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, with someone, especially now, because I figure by the time I get tired of them, I'll have Alzheimer's. I'll be 85. You know what I mean? I'll think of with someone new every day. So by the time I hit that 20 year mark, Oh, look you'll at still be traveling, inventing new products. <laughs> exactly. That's your wife, you idiot. But 
when I see some of these people, almost every friend of mine has been married 20 or more years. I ask them, would you do it again? And of course, if they're in front of their wife, they'll go, absolutely. If I ask them they're alone, they'll go, are you freaking kidding me? Oh my God, I'd get divorced, but it's so painful. It would be so expensive and it's a pain. I'll just oh. live with it. I had one guy tell me, one day I'll die and it'll all be over with. That scared the living shit out of me. I was oh like, God. what? He was looking forward to death to get out of his marriage. Oh I'm my like, God. oh my God. Fuck. But that just shows you that people get into these habits and these routines, keep it fresh, communicate. But the biggest thing is if you get to that point, end it. If you literally are to the point where you go, eventually I'll die and I'll get this over with, you better literally do one of two things, end it or put your head in the oven and turn the gas off and get it over with right there. Okay. Cause that is not no way to live. Yeah. yeah. It's no way to live. Wow. Yeah. You gotta be, it's, it's hard because like, I don't know, like I'm not in that situation where I've been with someone and there's kids and there's like all this stuff in the picture. But at yeah. the end of the day, if you're not happy and you're not setting a good example for those kids, because you're not happy, what are you really doing? You, you know, the like kids don't know that you have a miserable marriage. Yeah, you think the yeah. kids aren't going, I'm never getting married. That's misery. They feel like they're too jills. Exactly. Like it's actually watching. ruining them than it is yeah. helping them. But I could see why so many people feel like oh, I got to stay for these reasons. But it's yeah. it's more of a cop out than anything. It's, it's like a cop out making an excuse. If you're not happy. Get divorced. It's better for everyone concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Or leave her. I agree. Yeah. I could talk to you all day, Jeff. <laughs> I'm just realizing the time. I'm like, shit, I had all these penis questions too. And I didn't get okay. them. Let's go. Are you, are you good for more time? Yeah, absolutely. Oh uh, my God, cool. I feel like I'm just talking to a friend. I don't feel like I'm doing a podcast. I feel like we're just <laughs> having fun. I forgot you know we were I mean? doing a podcast. I was waiting yeah. <laughs> to ask these questions. Um, okay. So I asked my audience if they had any penis related challenge questions that they wanted to address on this show. They don't know I'm talking to you. Um, mm -hmm. so I took the questions that I felt were most in line with, with, uh, with what you research based on permission and whatnot. Fire um, away. You can ask anything. Right. All right. There were over a hundred. So I took like top wow. 20. So okay. yeah, we'll pick from these. So this is a, a pretty basic one, but I think it's the best one to start with. Um, just so you could talk a little bit more about the delay spray quick, um, how to stop premature ejaculation. It's so distressing and it's ruining my sex life. You need to address that. Not only is it ruining your sex life, it's ruining her sex life. Like I said earlier, at least you're ejaculating, albeit early, you know what I mean? But at least you're orgasming. The best thing you can do, like I said before, is to give her an orgasm prior to initiating sex. Use something. Now, if you're talking about something non-clinical, promescent is the best option, hands down. That's why... There's 2,000 urologists that recommend us. There's a lot of delay sprays on the market. Each one outside of promescent has the same characteristics. They numb the hell out of you. They transfer to your partner. They numb her as well. We have a unique eutectic formula that changes the crystalline structure of lidocaine. So it absorbs. It goes beneath the skin. So you feel much more surface sensitivity, and it also doesn't transfer to your partner. So you would try that first. If you still have severe PE after trying promescent, then you need to go to a urologist or a sex therapist and they can prescribe uh, SSRIs. SSRIs to people who aren't 
associated with medicine are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. One step further, they're the depression drugs, Paxil, Prozac. They will allow you to last longer. Unfortunately, they cause loss of libido, uh, dry mouth, nausea, suicidal thoughts. There's a lot of harsh side effects. So you want to first try to put out a candle with a squirt gun rather than a fire hose, okay? So I would never go directly to SSRIs without trying less invasive methods, methods first. So I would suggest focus on giving your partner an orgasm before starting intercourse to take the anxiety level down. Try some promescent delay spray to give you that added confidence and that additional desensitizing effect so that you won't have a, as quick of a trigger. But if after doing those things, it is still an issue, then you need to seek professional help. You need to go to a urologist or a therapist. Mm -hmm. That is a very, it is the most common sexual dysfunction among couples without a doubt yeah. is premature ejaculation. Yep. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a great answer. I think that what I, what I've seen that worked really well with my clients with the product is they'll use the product. And then I tell them in between, like try to take a break from the product so that the product helps you gain confidence, Absolutely. but you also don't fully rely and tell yourself, I need this product. Otherwise I can't. Without puzzle. this product, no, I can't function. Yeah. I we don't want that either, the but the we product would eventually is like you to wean yourself off. When people go, it's mm. bad for your business model. I go, no, it's good to help people eventually not need it. We have some yeah. people that exactly. use our product occasionally. Like, one thing that people don't understand is if you haven't had sex for a while, you'll have a quicker trigger because you haven't had a release in a while. And that builds Yeah. Up. So the first partner. Yeah. Usually first for part- the, a lot of guys, it's the first partner. Absolutely. And if you're with a new partner and you feel a lot more anxiety, there's a lot more buildup because it's mm-hmm. new. And so a lot of guys will say, wow, it's a new partner, you know. I'm going to make sure I don't blow early because this might be the only time I'm with this partner if I don't have a good experience. So there are some people that use it occasionally, not each and every time. There are some people that literally say, I normally last six to eight minutes, and that's generally enough to get my partner off. But it's Friday night. The kids are away at camp. I want to have this marathon session. So there are a lot of people that use it sporadically. They don't use it every single time. It depends on the situation, the mood who they're with, that type of stuff. I would never advocate use promescent every single time you're intimate. And if you use it initially every single time, then try to experiment with weaning yourself to a lower level or off of it. So you develop the confidence and you get a better feel for the ejaculatory response and you can delay it. Mm -hmm. Good. I love that. I love that you, it's your product and you still stand by that. That's cool. Absolutely. Cool. Um, Okay. So this one, next one, a childish, not, I have a childish, not big enough feeling. So it's kind of like they beat themselves up for being like, I'm not big enough. Like, and this is more about like the size of the dick, but I'm wondering what your thoughts would be to, to guys who just feel childish about like complaining about their size. You know, there are men that have three inch, four inch penises that have satisfactory relationships. There are men with 11 inch penises that partners will tell the sex was horrible. The guy thinks that all you need to do is have a giant penis and the rest takes care of themselves. Mm. Unless you have like a micro penis or no penis or, you know, a flaccid penis. If you really work on your technique and you work on really having extended foreplay, you can satisfy your partner. 
Now, obviously a bigger penis, if you have all those skills intact is great as well, but you never go through life focusing on what you don't have. Go through life focusing on maximizing what you do have, whether it's your looks, whether it's your muscularity, whether it's your penis size, no matter what part of your life, focus on maximizing what you have. Because in a lot of cases, the anxiety and the disappointment is in your own head. And your partner is like, you're fine. Just focus on pleasuring me. I just want an orgasm. And then if you go and you realize that, you know, 60, 70% of women don't have vaginal orgasms anyhow, why the hang up? So focus on being a complete lover, get vibrators, get toys, get gels, get female arousal gel, use your tongue, use your fingers, use whatever it takes to get your partner off and quit fantasizing and emphasizing about how tiny your dick is. Mm -hmm. Love it. Use what you got. Use it well. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm so much in my head um, and staying aroused is a lot of work. Wow. Take a hit off a bong or an edible and relax. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that, I mean, that should not be that you're even thinking about staying erect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like staying aroused is work. Like I never think, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it sounds like it might be some type of ED, you know, if you're not Mm -hmm. able to stay aroused. So I would say in that case, maybe, yeah, maybe it's not so much aroused. It's the hardness. Yes, exactly. So I would say in that particular case, you would want to see a urologist because they can do these Doppler things where they take these sonograms to see if all the valves and everything, because one of the things happens, your blood get engorged, your penis gets engorged with blood, and then all the the valves shut down to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. And if it starts backing up, then you'll start getting flaccid. That's actually a condition that exists. So I would say that if you have to start thinking about staying erect, then you probably need to go to a urologist and get that checked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I always tell my clients who come to me to always rule out the physical first. Like always, if you always just see a doctor, see what they see, a urologist, see what they have to say. And, and, you know, if you know for sure that it's psychological because you ruled out the physical, then, then work with me, but always, you know, check on always check that out first. Yeah. Um, I want to go more than one round, but my dick doesn't stay hard. And I don't know why. Well, it depends on your age. If you're 18 and that happens, you need to check your testosterone levels. You know what I mean? Cause that's where yeah. it comes from. If you're 50 or 60, I will tell you from personal experience, get used to it. That's not changing. Okay. I use this analogy. I tell people when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, and I was in my early sexuality, I was a machine gun firing bullets all over the place, unlimited supply. And then I got into my twenties. I was an automatic rifle. Boom, 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 boom. You know, like then forties, semi-automatic rifle. Then fifties, I was a rifle, one bullet shoot. Now I'm a musket. You know, you got to put the ball down there, (laughs) put the powder in there. You know what I mean? Like you get one shot a night. You know what I mean? Before I'm ready to have sex again, I got to have breakfast, a workout, a night's sleep. You know what I mean? So depending upon your age, uh, from experience, and I talked to a lot of friends, you know, my age, it is very common. You got one shot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why 
a lot of men in their 50s and 60s use promescent, both Vitaflux and the delay spray and stuff. They're like, I get one shot. I better make sure it's a kill shot, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be 24 hours before I'm ready to go again. Yeah. Is that really what the refractory period is typically like in those oh, ages? Yeah. Yes. That, what 50, I told 60, you, 24 hours. very, very common. Now, there are times if you're, you know, with someone new, you might be able to go a second round, but certainly there's going to be a good hour in between, you know, or you happen to have a little cannabis buzz and sometimes that helps you go for a second round. But normally, no, no, no. It's like the body at that age goes, all right, I've had one clip you know, traumatic experience here. I need a little rest before we're ready to roll again. <laughs> yeah. So that's normal. Yeah. 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 Now, unless you're, you're very young, yeah. if you're 18, 20, 25, 30, you better, yeah, you're Get checked. You should be able to go multiple times. I remember mm -hmm. when I was uh, in college, my senior year, I was 22. I had six episodes in a 24 hour period of time. I was proud of myself. I'm like, whoa, I wasn't <laughs> like I was keeping track, but I was actually keeping track. But you were keeping track. <laughs> yeah. The, the sixth one I had to sneak in and it was like 23 hours. I go, I got to get one more for the road. You know what I mean? Just so I, 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 I figured that might not be able to be at that level again. I wanted to make sure I hit number six, you know what I mean? Just in case yeah, I was yeah. never in a position to fire that many times. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, this one was interesting. I'm wondering if you know the answer to this. My dick has shrunk 0.25 inches over the last decade. I'm 37 years old. Is this normal? Any way to stop it? I've had a few guys say with age, they, they think their dick is shrinking. And I'm unsure if they're just losing weight and muscle. So it looks that way or it could that's be actually happening. Maybe they get a little more brittle. You know, when you get older, you don't have the same flexibility. So they go to measure, they can't reach all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when they have the measuring tape down there, they can't get it all the way back to the base. <laughs> I would say if you literally are measuring your dick to that extent, it's not the dick length. You have a mental issue. Okay. <laughs> if your partner is going, Hey, did your dick shrink? Okay. Maybe then you should start measuring it. But if I've never measured my dick, okay. As if it works and my partner seems to be orgasming, I'm like, okay, it seems to function. Okay. I, I don't need to get all in my head to go, Oh my God, I'm 6.37. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I think everything shrinks as you get older because I used to be six feet and I'm 5'11 now. Mm -hmm. And I know mm -hmm. I don't have the same level of muscularity. I'm in really good shape for my age, but for my age is the operative word, you know? Mm -hmm. So everything as you get older, you're, but 37, you're still in the prime of your life. You should be at your physical peak. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah I, I think he, know, yeah. It, it just seems, yeah, it seems like he's, he might be just too much in his head and, possibly his body is changing in other ways. And it just, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> after, after her having our children, I'm worried it's too big. It seems painful versus pleasurable. Does he think that her vagina shrunk after a kid came through it? I, I that's mean, what I'm interested I'm, in. I'm like, wow. I, more... mean, I have yet to experience a woman that had her vagina shrink after having children. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, wonder if like, does, but is there, you know, maybe there's possible pain internally, like from the birth where something was stretched or injured, like that's probably more for her to get checked. That you know? That's an issue that she needs to go to her gynecologist to find yeah. out if there was some kind of fissure or rupture, or maybe something that wasn't properly stitched. Up yeah. Or, 
yeah, yeah that's what no, i'm thinking it has that's to not he didn't suddenly get a bigger dick after she had kids okay <laughs> not that i'm aware of i i have a son after he was born i didn't notice you know any additional girth or length there you know what i mean so just if that were the man. case you know every guy would be like, yeah if that was the case there'd be seven billion children born next year okay every guy would go reverse that vasectomy i want to have a bunch of kids okay <laughs> I'm doing this for my dick. That's exactly. I don't really want to impregnate you. I don't want the kids. I want a big dick. I want to give Johnny Sins a run for his money, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I think the key word here, too, and I'm just noticing is the second sentence is it seems painful versus pleasurable. So, like, do you know? Maybe he needs to work on his technique. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like technique. Maybe you're not communicating enough with her. So and maybe she needs to go to a doctor. But the fact is, why is he writing that to you instead of talking to her? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Again, back to our point, guys, don't communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Get I get random erections throughout the day, except when I really need it. You need a <laughs> that, girlfriend. That's that sounds on like call. anxiety. Yeah, you, you need say? a girl. You need a girlfriend that's on call that doesn't have a regular job that she works out of the home. So when you get it when you don't need it, you go quick, come on in. <laughs> it's here because <laughs> when I need it, it won't be here. That is absolutely in his head. If you're yeah. getting random erections when you don't need them and then you can't, it's in your head. Okay, mm-hmm. relax, have a couple beers, smoke a joint, take the. <laughs> Take the, you know, the stress level down a bit and you'll find out or maybe pretend like I'm not going to have sex. So I don't need there's no way it's happening night, even though she's laying there next to you in bed. Then you'll get your unintended erection because you're not thinking that you need it. And then just tell her as soon as you see it, hop on. okay? because I'm not sure how long it'll last. Just be ready to go. Here's a vibrator. Get yourself all ready. (laughs) And when the the unintended erection comes, hop on. But even these questions, think about what we were talking about earlier. People don't talk about sex. They're all weird about it. You know, they don't. These questions are insane. They're laughable. Look at this one. I feel like my nut isn't explosive enough. Damn porn expectations. Is that feed right into it? What? You're not shooting across the room? I mean, (laughs) between your eyes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of things that I worry about in my life, you know, world hunger, you know, climate change, you know, insurrections in this country. I've never really went, how far does my ejaculate spew out? You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe it's just- How can it go farther? Yeah, I'm just at the age now where most of the women aren't like, hey, could you come on my forehead? You know what I mean? And I want to have some velocity, okay? I want to be cleaning it out of my hair. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) that guy's watching way too much porn. Yeah, yeah. That is like not something I feel any guy should think twice about. Like, Never. I, Are you having a quality orgasm? Is she case closed? Don't cool. worry yeah. about the volume and the trajectory of your ejaculate. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I lose my heart on the moment we get into any non-dick activity, like giving her head or fingering her, et cetera. So whenever he switches to to stop using his dick he just completely loses his heart on i mean if you don't need it then it shouldn't matter i've never really felt like a hard-on was necessary when i'm going down on someone you know what i mean yeah as a matter of fact i prefer it to be to be more classic that you're not exactly so that yeah i'm a it's kind of hard if you're 
you know, on your knees or you're laying there flat, you have this giant heart on, you're trying to go down on someone. You're like, <laughs> it's kind of uncomfortable. What do I do? Tuck this to the side. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. You, you would prefer it go in remission while you're taking care of business, as long as it springs back when you really need it. Yeah. Which it yeah. sounds like, you know, it sounds like it's not a problem when he needs it. I mean, yeah. Based on how you said it. Yeah. I think it's just this obsession with like, I always want to be hard. And like, if I'm like, if we're in the moment, I should always be rock hard, you know? And like, it's very normal and natural for a guy to get hard and soft while during sexual intercourse, like, you know, during the whole experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm losing erections too fast because I take cetylopram. Plus depressants. That's remember I told you that they let make you last longer, but they destroy your oh. libido. That's exactly those are antidepressants. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a side effect. That's an absolute definitive side effect. That's that's normal. I've had a bunch of guys reach out to me and say I'm on an antidepressant and it's it's impacting my sex life in a negative way. Like, what's your go to response to them? You may want to use some kind of libido enhancer like horny goat weed, you know, stuff along those lines, because they've been known to enhance libido because to be quite honest with you, the antidepressants, that's why I said earlier that that's why they really don't use them a lot, even though they're effective with PE, because then you lose your libido. So something like Vitaflux, remember I told you the uh, nitric oxide? Yeah, because you can use that with medications because it's an over-the-counter. Yep. So that actually would help you maintain an erection. It, it opens up blood flow. It opens up your veins and arteries. So try some horny, horny go weed or try some uh, Vitaflux, something to kind of counterbalance that uh, loss of libido. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, here's another question that just seems like it's lacking communication. Am I lasting long enough? Is it satisfying enough? Wow. Let me I hear ask, this one a lot. Like, let I, me I, ask you, rather than the person I'm sleeping with, there are a lot of women, and this is a fact that you're all just telling me all the time, that their boyfriend complains about, oh my God, you know, I'm not lasting long enough. And the woman's like, no, it's satisfactory sex. But again, it's the porn syndrome. Oh my God, I didn't last 30 minutes. If your partner is climaxing, or if your partner doesn't climax through intercourse and she climaxes better, either through digital or oral, then give her a good orgasm, get your own and stop worrying about it. Communicate with your partner. Say to her, would you benefit? Would you like me to last longer? If she says no, then why are you concerned about it if she isn't? Yeah, I like, and and even if she does say, like I would prefer 40 minutes, which is on the longer side, you know, then it's, then it's about, all right, don't use your dick the entire time. Like don't be penetrating the entire time. Like mix up the experience. Like use a little oral sex, use a vibrator, use this. Yeah, exactly. Just randomly stop massage your ass, you know, not everything has to be penetration for 40 minutes. Like that's not what the majority of women do not want that. Trust me. (laughs) It is not comfortable. Get to that point. You are literally switching from pleasure to pain. You're not trying to punish someone. You're trying to pleasure them. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, again, it's not about your ego. It's not about who can last longest. Yeah. No, after 20 minutes, I'm, I'm done. Like I want you off me because at that point I'm like, this is not even fun anymore. (laughs) No, exactly. I've had my orgasm. Okay. Tarzan roll off. Okay. (laughs) Get away. (laughs) I bought you a pocket pussy or one of those fleshlights. Okay. Here, go impress this machine. You know, (laughs) don't laugh. We sell those. 
and people love those things. Yeah, I was I was selling one for um, Lalo, the company yes. Lalo. Yeah. Oh my god, I got so many mixed reviews promoting this. It's crazy. The reviews on it are either 100% or zero. Yeah. No exactly. one is in the People middle. are either like, you sick fuck, or they're like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no I, in between. <laughs> I won't name his name, but there's one of our younger employees who loves those products. And every time we get a new one, oh, I got to try this out. And I'm like, okay, we, you know, I have never used one because at my age, my orgasms aren't infinite. You know, I don't have an infinite infinite number left you know what i mean i'm not wasting it fucking a piece of rubber okay i would really like a woman on the other end of the majority of my orgasms okay i'd like to share them with someone else in the room you know so we do always you never laugh. do you personally never use toys yourself on myself yeah uh but never been a thing you've done i have had partners that go how does this feel no like put a vibrator on parts of my body i'm totally open to it but mm -hmm. I don't really want to use a male masturbatory device because I like I said, I'm very aware that my time on the planet is running limited at this point, especially my time being sexually vibrant and active. And mm -hmm. I would really like a partner on the other end of my orgasms instead of me fucking a rubber sleeve. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty creative, you know, and I'm pretty open but that's just not my thing. Okay. That just yeah. seems to me, but I understand if you're lonely, you're not in a relationship or you're early on in your sexual awakening and you're in your teens and you want to get more control of the ejaculatory response. Mm -hmm. But at 65, if I'm fucking a rubber sleeve somewhere in my experience of relationships and sex, there was a fork in the road. I went down a path that I should yeah. have. I mean, down. if that's what you're relying on and you have no other options, then that's yeah. not the that's, best. <laughs> I guess to me, it would signify that my options were really limited. You know, they seem really the, comfy, though. They seem, <laughs> I can see them they, feeling really good. Well, there's one we have. It's some kind of ion activated thing. And it's like it lights up and it's got a warming sensation. It has Ooh. this pulsing sensation. I go, what is that? The Starship Enterprise? I'm like, what? The? <laughs> you know, I'm like, maybe I was so afraid if I used it, I'd go, hey, this works. So I don't need a relationship. Yeah, right. Maybe you're just afraid it will be too good. <laughs> Who am I going to take that at a Habitat for Humanity fundraiser? I'm the chairman of next week. I can't take my machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it would look funny sitting there in the di dais next to me, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, I could totally see it, though, because I... I could see it for guys who are really trying to, to feel more confident in their ejaculation Absolutely. and erections, yes. because there are so many guys who literally aren't finding real women because they're terrified of how they're going to react physically. And it's like, all right, why don't you practice physically? Why don't you that, like, get comfortable I'm practicing all for that to give you more confidence? Because you don't want to be practicing on a woman. And if you don't really have your steps, and then down, you have you know a, I mean? and then you have a bad experience again, and then it's worse. That, that and then just you feeds into you know, the anxiety, yeah, it feeds the anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a time and a place, but yeah, we don't want to rely on those for <laughs> no, 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 no. Plus as traumatized as my son was when he saw my Sibian machine. Can you imagine <laughs> if he comes to my house and he sees a, a, a rubber sleeve that I'm be like, oh, you my should just God. have like a dungeon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything. It'd be like, Dad, okay, now I really need therapy. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, let's do let's do one more question. Oh, wait. This no, this one's very interesting to me. 
I feel so grossed out by cum. It comes out of the pee hole. It takes enjoyment out of finishing. Is that a guy? Yeah. I've had a few guys. I've had a few guys say that like women's cum, like they don't want to get it in their mouth and they don't want their cum. God forbid their cum gets in their mouth. Like it's, it's really interesting. If a guy has never come into contact with his own ejaculate, he's probably not the best lover that ever existed. You know what I mean? Especially when you're younger and you go two, three, four times in an evening, you know, you can't give your partner the impression that your cum is toxic. Okay. Because you're shooting it into her mouth and her vagina. So what are you saying? If I think that comes across as extremely homophobic. Okay. It's Mm. coming out of your own body. So obviously it was in your own body. Now I'm not someone who goes, oh gee, I enjoy the taste of cum. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not someone who's yeah. gonna go, oh, you're I not like see- trying to drink it. <laughs> yeah, I want to see if I can have a yoga pose where I can blow myself. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, that's not what I'm advocating. But to go, oh my god, it's gross, it's disgusting. You know what I mean? Oh my god, it's the thought of it even coming out is like pathetic. Hello, you're asking someone else to be on the receiving end of that. I mean, in the probably the two most important orifices in her body, her vagina and her mouth, okay? So what kind of message are you sending if you're basically pretending it's toxic? I wonder if he's talking about like cum in general or if he's talking about his or hers, you know? Like yeah. maybe that's just a, a fear, like an anxiety, a psychological fear of that's what you were irrational taught. fear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember irrational the first fear. time that I encountered a female ejaculate, it blew me away. It literally blew me away. I swear to God. I was like, what was that? <laughs> it was like this rush of fluid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it literally, because this was 30 years ago. I was like 35 years old. And there wasn't as much known about as a woman squirting. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I was like, what was that? You know, like, oh my God, was that? Was that pee? Did was you it think urine? it was pee? You know what I mean? And I was like, no, it's not urine. It how was she? Up. How did she react to that? Was she embarrassed? Because I know a lot of women it's are embarrassed, but they're starting to open up more. It's the first time that she had ever squirted. Oh. And she was embarrassed at first, but then I think she took her cue for me when I was like, that was freaking awesome. You know what I mean? She was like, really? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, I didn't know women actually. She goes, I didn't either. <laughs> We were really I feel like hot. that's most women the first time some guy yeah. does it to her and she's like, what? <laughs> I yeah. could see that. We had uh, done a lot of uh, uh, THC that was uh, uh, in uh, grapeseed oil. So we were mm. really high. And I think that really relaxed her, you know? And uh, we'd had yeah. a pretty extended vibrator session. And she was really turned on. I think that's that combination of the extended. Sex, the turned on and the relaxation. The turned on and relaxation at the same time. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God. I was like, that was a new one for me. I have yet to, I was, but at first I was like, what is that? You know what I mean? It was <laughs> yeah. like. Is that me? <laughs> yeah. First thought yeah. was, did she just pee on me? <laughs> <laughs> she into that? Yeah, I exactly. think that. Can I think that give me give me a warning that golden showers are coming, you know. <laughs> at least warn me of your fetishes first. Yeah, exactly. 
I think like a lot of guys don't, uh, don't realize that to make a woman squirt, she has to be extremely relaxed. It's kind of like anal sex too. Like she has to be relaxed in order for the body to even allow it to happen. You need to be tense. There's no way you're going to have even a regular orgasm. The more relaxed you are, the better it's going to be. Yeah. The deeper you breathe, the slower you breathe, like the better the intensity of the feeling. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of comments about curved penises and saying like, I'm insecure because it's curved. Is it a problem that it's curved? I always wonder what she's thinking because it's curved. Um, I hate that it's curved. There were a lot of comments on that. There's a lot of uh, medical research been done on that recently. It's called Peyronie's disease. You've seen the commercials, haven't you? Yeah, I know there are some guys who actually knew they had Peyronie's disease and they were like- It's fairly common. One of our doctors is on our advisory board. He's our chief medical officer, Dr. Larry Levine is the number one expert on Peyronie's on the planet. Oh, wow. And so he pioneered that uh, Zyaflex, which is the treatment they use for it. No, guys are so insecure about the size, the shape, the appearance of the penis. About 20% of men have- some form of curvature of the penis. If it's not making sex painful or inhibiting you from having sex, it's no issue. The penis is a functional functional uh, appendage. It's not, a, you know, it's not like the Westminster dog show where they have you paraded around, they hold up a little <laughs> 9.2. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah. if, if it works, and you can achieve climax and you can get your partner off, quit obsessing, you know, about might have a little curvature. If it's severe, it's causing pain or making it impossible to have intercourse, then certainly there are options like Viaflex that you can utilize right now. But that's the important part. It has to inhibit you sexually before seeking treatment. Mm-hmm. And the majority of times it doesn't. Yeah, it's just there. It is it's what just it is. there. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of times, you know, it has no effect whatsoever. But again, typical guy thing. Oh my God, it's not perfectly straight. Does it work? Yes. Then don't worry about it. Yeah. Simple enough. Yeah. And if it's not working, go get checked and go get go treated. Get you know, it's, it's really yeah, it's so yeah. simple. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have one more that this is going <laughs> to have a ton more, but yeah. um, okay. Is it okay for a natural parentheses, no medication erection to last 30 minutes to an hour after sex? Everybody's body's different and that doesn't fall into the norm whatsoever. Mm. Normally when you achieve climax, then the body's muscles relax and those valves that keep the penis erect then retract and allow the refractory period where a man you know either you're so turned on by your partner or you're just one in a million men there's i've never ever had anyone tell me that they stay erect for that period of time after ejaculation yeah i never heard that but, yeah but if again if it's not bothersome if it's not inhibiting you from enjoying or your partner from enjoying i don't know how it would if it becomes painful you know that oh my god i can't put a pair of pants on i got this giant erection you know then obviously you might want to go see a urologist but most men directly after having sex aren't going to a business meeting with a pair of dress pants on you know so (laughs) 
<laughs> you got Most 30 time. minutes to chill out. <laughs> you got th- you generally have 30 minutes to take a shower, chill out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've never had anyone have a little room off the side of the boardroom and go, I'm going to get this on right now and then put my suit on and go in there and give a presentation. <laughs> what do you have the pointer in your pants? What is that down there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I guess like, yeah, if it's bothering you, if there's any pain associated, like get it, it doesn't hurt to get checked. I think a lot of guys yeah. just don't ever get checked. And it's like, just go to the doctor, go, go, and get go checked. to the doctor. Why do guys theme, always avoid the doctor? Yeah. There's one theme in these questions. It's like, talk to your partner, actually two themes, talk go to, to the doctor, talk to go to the doctor. Okay. Yeah. These are serious issues you're bringing up. Go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, these are awesome. Like I said, I have like, I literally have a hundred questions that were submitted. Um, if you have any more you want to ask, fire away. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> oh, can you injure your dick from a cock ring that's too tight? I know there's a certain length of time. I think it's like 20 minutes or something that a cock 20 ring. 20 minutes. You generally would know it would be so painful that you would take it off. Within the 20 minutes or like post, like after 20 minutes, even you generally, once you're done having sex, take the cock ring off. It's once you're done having sex, it serves no purpose except to constrict, you know, blood flow, but to really harm yourself, you would have, the pain would be so immense that you would probably take it off. Mm. So I would say, use it during sex. Don't use it too far prior to sex. And certainly when you're done having sex, take it off. They're not meant to be wearing, you know, worn around to keep a flaccid penis erect by trapping the blood flow. They're meant for a specific reason to keep it more erect during sex. But if you're having sex for 40 minutes, I would say don't use a cock ring for 40 minutes. That's not what it's intended for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Here's another question. Can it be too straight? Oh my God, your penis? Yeah. We have some people who are concerned it's crooked. We have some people who go, it's too it's straight. It's too crooked. It's too straight. It's too hard. It's too yeah. Soft. I, oh man. I wouldn't think. I mean, I mean, I think optimally you'd want it to be straight. I mean, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, too straight, but he'd want a slight curve. I mean, I think some guys do wonder about that. Like, like they're like, oh, I want it to curve a little to like hit her G spot perfectly. And like, like my, it curves this way. So that means at least it's the good curve. Like guys are just every, there's such an obsession over. Yeah. But do anyone really think that the curvature of your penis (laughs) once it's erect is really going to affect the G spot? First of all, no, they think that guys think, no, I know, but find it, use your finger to stimulate it, use a vibrator to stimulate it, use your penis to stimulate it. Just make sure you reach it and stimulate it. But I- It's also not like a little spot. Like the G-spot's a whole area. It's not- I was going to say my experience- There's no target. There's no target. There's not like little (laughs) red and white rings that you have a bullseye that you're trying to hit. It's a general area and you'll know when you're there. There's a- there's a definitive physical response for most females when you are in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, that is it absolutely true. is. And I always tell men, cause you know, all women are different bodies are different, but the best way to find it is first with your finger. 
determine where it's at. And obviously put your finger inside someone's vagina, then put your tip of your index or your middle finger back towards yourself and go right in the middle and start feeling around. It and feels different. It feels, feels there's a different, different. completely. Yeah. Completely it's, different feeling. If I can describe it, it's almost a scaly area instead of being smooth. It's like a fibrous area. There's a definitive mm. feel to it. It's almost like, I hate to say this, but I don't want to like, but it, it's kind of like the rest of the area is smooth and it's kind of like, almost like scaly. It's like, has a little more texture, a little more fiber to it. I know, know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. That's probably and, the best. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell because you can feel her pulse quicken. You can feel her body movements. When you really reach that area, you can tell there's a heightened sensitivity from the female mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how can I improve, once again, how can I improve the pressure of ejaculation? What's with the, uh, the pressure? Does it feel better when you ejaculate like harder and faster, like based on the pressure of it? Like, does that bring any sensation or is it more just ego? I like have, for me, it's more of a sensation of the intensity of the orgasm than the ejaculation. If the orgasm is intense, the ejaculation is intense. I don't, look at those as two separate events, mm. you know, and some guys do. There's a lot of guys really trying to have orgasms without ejaculation. Yeah. That's been a big thing for a while now. Yeah. An orgasm without an ejaculation. I've never personally achieved that. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, but I would say that certainly the intensity of anything feels better. You know, I mean, if it's a more intense ejaculation, I'm sure the pleasure is better. If it's a more intense orgasm, the pleasure is better. Again, something that enhanced your libido, whether it be Vitaflux or horny goat weed or something like that might give a, a, a higher intensity orgasm or ejaculation. Anytime you increase blood pressure, you're going to have a more intense orgasm. Mm -hmm. So I would say if, if your orgasms or your ejaculations are lacking, that's what I would suggest trying that. Maybe, do you think it's ever a matter for some guys, probably not all, but like a matter of how much foreplay is involved in order I, to get that heightened orgasm? I feel like a lot me, of men don't think like that. They don't think like that. But for me, I do, because I do know that the longer the buildup, Mm -hmm. and the better the climax. So if I have extended foreplay, I generally have more powerful orgasms because it's been building for a longer period of time as opposed mm -hmm. to wham, bang. It's like, you're not even completely built up and then it's like, boom, it's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, and again, this is one man speaking, but I've talked to a couple other people that say they experience the same thing. The longer the buildup, the stronger the climax. Mm. Yeah, which is why foreplay is so important. So don't yep. forget it. <laughs> I think a lot of guys don't really consider it, but I just think it's important for your partner and yourself to extend that period of excitement, to extend that period of exhilaration, to expend that, extend that pleasure zone. Why have yeah. it five minutes if you can have it 25 or 30 minutes? 
Mm-hmm. There's too much focus on the orgasm and not enough focus oh, yeah. on the pleasure, the building, the, you know, the anticipation, the tease, so to speak. And that the pleasure is in all of those things. You know, I think a lot of yeah. people just like, oh, the orgasm is where we feel the pleasure. No, it starts oh. when you start flirting. Like that's where the pleasure comes in. There's psychological Absolutely. pleasure. There's emotional pleasure. There's physical, there's sexual, you know, it's just, it's all, it's all, all of it is there. I'm really big on scent. Mm. Oh, there's when I, the first time with someone, if even their natural body scent, you, you can never, I always tell this to people, if someone secondarily to curing cancer, if someone, that would be the biggest achievement you could ever have. But secondarily to that, if people could figure out why you're so attracted to certain people and you cannot turn it off. And do you ever do this where someone describes someone to you? Oh, would this be your type? Oh, absolutely not. Then you meet you. Oh my God, that's my type. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You meet him. And then the first time you kiss them, the first time you touch them, you're just like, oh my God, there's some kind of fucking magnetism there. Then there's other times where you meet someone and they have the perfect resume. They're respectable. They're fit. They're attractive. They're intelligent. You don't feel anything. And then everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, she's perfect for you, whatever. And then you meet first time you hold her hand, the first time you kiss her, you're like, it's like fucking kissing my sister. And then my friends are going to be, what's wrong with you? She's a doctor. She's successful. I go, she's also like, has the f- no attraction. What? You'll learn to like her. I go, no, you never learn to like someone. It's yeah. either there. There or has to be not. chemistry there. Has yeah. to be chemistry. And I'll tell you, there's so many times in my life I go, why can't I like her? She's good for me. And then I go, why do I like her? She's fucking poison. Okay. It's like, I know that shit is going to, you know what I mean? Like it's going to end badly. She is like an emotional train wreck, but there's some kind of chemistry that you just can't get away from. You know what I mean? And for me, I know it. The first time I hold someone's hand, the first time I kiss someone, I know right away. I, I can tell you without fail, whether or not I'm compatible with that person without fail, it never fails. It is just there or it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I was in the same boat of like dating a couple guys who I was like, oh, they're perfect, like on paper. But like, let me just see. Let me just keep making out with them and see what happens. And every time I kissed them, I just hated it. Like inside, yeah. I was like, ah, oh. and like, you're was, like, you're trying to like make it better. You're like, yeah. And you're like, what? The fuck? And then there are other people you go, I don't think this has much. And then you go, oh, oh what was yeah, that? What was you know that? what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, oh. And you, you literally go, why can't I feel like that with her? Okay. That would be so much better for me. She's appropriate, intelligent. And, you know, all my friends would be impressed. I bring this one around. My friends are like, oh my God. You know, like, <laughs> oh man. Can't explain. Some things you just can't explain. You can't. And I tell people, if you could control that, if you could give someone the ability to mm. be attracted or not be attracted, you'd be the richest person ever. And like I, I feel said, like there's so many guys like that who are like guilty. Like I have a couple clients like that right now who are in the dating process again. And they're like, oh, I feel so guilty for like not wanting to be with this woman. Like, you know, she's into me. And like, why am I not into her? What the fuck is wrong with me? And they get really like nothing. frustrated That's, with themselves. Yeah, you can't. That's you don't control that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just, you just know, or you don't like that chemistry is the most powerful thing above anything else. For me, chemistry 
never develops longer into relationship. It's either there or it's not. I've never had a relationship where, oh, I've had a couple that it wasn't there and I tried to, you know, go, maybe it'll develop. Never, never. I'll never go there again. If it's not there in the beginning, no way. Mm -hmm. I think that's a powerful lesson for all the guys listening. Like if yeah. there is no chemistry at the start, forget it. Like End it right end, there. End You're end wasting your time and hers. Okay. <laughs> not ever going to come. Never. That's exactly. Literally. And also don't, don't get tied to, you know, just the fact, I think there's a lot of people who also are so obsessed with the honeymoon phase. And then they think, you know, they had a great first two months and then after it goes downhill and they can't ever get it back. You got to acknowledge that was just the honeymoon. Like that even if it's the, the first year phase. of the relationship and then the next five years are shit, that yep. was just the honeymoon. That's not. That doesn't mean you can't get it back. The newness wore off. And when you became who you were and your ambassador left the room and she became who she was and her ambassador left the room. That's the real her. fucking compatible. That was real life. That's why I tell people so many people when they first start dating. Oh, my God, we're flying to the weekend to Tahoe. Then we're going here. Then we're doing this. Then we're going to go see you, too. Then we're going to go see Dua Lipa. Then we're going to do this. And they're like, this is the best relationship. I go, you guys haven't fucking lived yet. OK, when yeah. you're constantly on vacation, we're not on the fucking bachelor. OK, here's what you do. If you want to find out really for the next week, lay around in your underwear, you know, watching sports. OK, and then go shopping at Costco together, you know, and Home, Depot. Week, <laughs> Home Depot, go get some fucking mulch for your yard. You know what I mean? At the end of the week, if you guys are still passionate, you go, you got to keep her. OK, yeah. but when all you do is play fantasy suite and then you go, oh, my God, this is a great relationship. You haven't had a relationship yet. Yeah. Real life is not about being on vacation. Yeah. Real life is about. And that's what I tell people. I know I'm in a good relationship. If we're doing regular things and I really enjoy being around her. There are times and you know that, how to handle the conflict. You can oh, both handle whatever conflict. How many times have you seen this? Oh my God, we've been dating two years. It's perfect. We've never had a fight. I go, well, you really haven't started living yet. What do you mean? The first time you have a disagreement or a fight, so many people break up because they cannot resolve conflict. They can't meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. The best relationships are when you have conflict and you value that person, you listen to them, they listen to you, and you move 35% towards them, they move 65% towards you, the next time you move, you know, vice versa, that's when you know you have a relationship. Mm -hmm. You can mitigate hard feelings, you can negotiate, you can get rid of conflict. I know people that date two, three years, I know people that got married, we've never had a fight. The first fight, they break up. They literally, they're bitter, they're angry, they can't resolve anything. Resolving conflict is probably the biggest thing towards having a successful relationship. Every it is. Relationship you know John Gottman, like the biggest marriage researcher in yes. the world? He he said that. He said the longevity of relationships is determined by how the, the couple navigates through conflict and how quickly Absolutely. they get out of it. Every couple will have conflict. If you're living, it's inevitable. How you get through it. To me in my really good long-term relationships, if I really care for someone, we will navigate through any conflict. We will. It doesn't matter who gives 51 times, 71 times, 30. If that person means enough to you, you will meet in the middle somewhere. A lot of times yeah. it's 50-50. Sometimes I'll acquiesce 100%. Okay, I'll go to the fucking opera, okay? <laughs> I hate that shit. If it means that much to you, I will go. 
but I got news for you. You're going to me the fucking Golden Knights hockey game next week. Okay. Okay. I'm doing <laughs> sounds some like shit. a fun compromise. <laughs> yeah. Game I'll do some <laughs> shit I don't want to do, but you're going to do some shit you don't want to do too. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. No one ever wants to feel like I'm the one who gives in every time, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. It's been almost three hours. Wait, has it been? Yes. Almost three hours that we've been. <laughs> oh my God. You're right. This is the longest podcast I've ever done, but yeah. it was so well worth it. I, love I don't your even energy. feel like it was a podcast. I felt it was like you and I just having fun joking I know, around. I know. I, I'm going to have to go back and edit this and see what, what the hell we were saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I wonder what secrets I told on here that maybe I want to cut out. No, we I will know. get together when I come back there for sure. This cool. is a pleasure. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, for your, for doing what you do, for the product, for the, just, you know, keeping up with this awesome brand. I'm passionate about this. You are. We are a necessity, not only our products, but what we bring to the table dialogue wise. It's important. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it is. So thank you for showcasing that and sharing with me. I applaud people like you. You have a necessary voice. Men need someone like you to talk to them, to tell them, to educate them. I always tell people, I did a serious XM radio broadcast and I met Dr. Ruth in the green room. Oh, cool. She's like four foot six, I swear to God. Oh my God. She's literally the the shortest person I've ever met in my entire life. (laughs) And she's wonderful. She's sweet. She's still really with it mentally. This was six years ago and I'm sure she's still pretty smart. And, but I just, as a guy, when she talks about sex, it creeps me out. Okay, it's like, you know, Somebody like you or some like Emily, they talk about sex. I listen. I go, that's a desirable female. You know what I mean? I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Dr. Ruth, I'm like, oh, God, she's 100 years old and four foot six. Okay. When she says penis, I, I, I literally, I can't get an erection for a week after that. I go home and I start watching porn just to reset my libido. I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> Shout out to like, Dr. Oh. Ruth. We love you. Yeah, that's the same effect that I have when my son hears me wax poetic about sex. He's like, oh, my God, that's my dad. I feel like (laughs) Dr. Ruth is my mom. Like, oh, no, I don't want to even think about you having sex. Okay, seriously. That's so funny. (laughs) Such a good point. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. We'll definitely definitely get together in New York. And um, and yeah, thanks again. Yeah. Okay. Sounds awesome. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you so much for coming on. Bye-bye. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.